This is NRL Boom Rookies. Welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, it's Bungard and Mitch. How are we, gents? Hello, I'm great. How was everybody's weekend? Oh, you know. I mean, I never thought I'd get bored with winning, but here we are. Uh, Team Wayne. I was going to say, it's <laughs> well, a shame that we're, you're in charge of the drops tonight. Well, yeah. in, in terms of power rankings, as we all know, power rankings are big in rugby league now. Yeah. As big as uh, they've ever been, In the two-team Doyle pa- team power rankings, South might be number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That Broncos still won, but Oof. yeah, um, it's getting closer by the day. I'm really enjoying the um, as I was talking about it with Bunga before the podcast. One yeah. Well, it's more so. Um. Bunga mentioned it last week that uh, Wayne Bennett's not the only coach to ever move to a Sydney club and get less pressure and have less shit talked about him. But True. it's like the last three or four years at Brisbane, every off season, it's about Broncos going to miss eight or come eighth. Wayne's finished, whatever, whatever. Then within three weeks he's in Sydney. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Wayne's good. We've mm. accepted he's good again. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. What that. a surprise! It's he's funny how undefeated like with Bell. Yeah. Undefeated with Bellamy. What a surprise! Oh. But yes, weekend was good. Had a uh, had a uh, Tom's Bucks, as you guys all know. So shout out bit, to Tom. Mm, yeah, a bit messy, and uh, had to catch up on the games over Sunday. But yeah, it was it was a good weekend. How about mm. you, Dale? Uh, yeah, same same uh, same old same old work work work. Watch, yep. watch footy, watch footy. Yeah, we it's are. A, it's a tough way to live, you know. We invented a fantastic game on the tennis court for all you people at home who own tennis, have tennis courts. I'm assuming that's our demographic yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah. You uh, have been on the North Shore for a little too long. Well, playing, everyone knows Forceman's back from the, at school, but generally mm. it's about, you know, catching a bomb or kicking people or whatever. You caught the ball, you took three jumps to step forward, whatever. Yep. And we played on a tennis court with a gridiron. Mm-hmm. And you had teams, the first day we played was teams with three on four, next day was five on six. But essentially, you had to defend your back fence, and it was about two and a half, three metres tall. Um, and the aim of the game was to throw the NFL ball against the back fence. And it sounds simple, but with people in front of it defending it, and also because none of us can actually throw an NFL ball. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, only like three of us could actually make the fence from the other fence. I wasn't one of those three. Okay. Um, but yeah, and it, so if you threw it over the fence, it was negative one point, you had to do a beer bong. If you hit the net, negative one point, had to, had to do a beer bong. And if you, or if you hit the back fence, you got one point, the first of ten. Hmm. And our good friend Tom the Buck must have done like seven beer bongs both days. Good on him. Had, had a, had a natural arm on him, a young Aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> the ones he didn't try to throw hard, he just sailed over the fence. But it was actually a fantastic oh. game. A lot of staying power. So if any time you've got like 15 mates around and you've got a tennis court and you have a gridiron ball and you have a beer bong and you have lots of beer... <laughs> Highly recommend it. Well, the Venn diagram of <laughs> the Venn diagram of people who watch rugby league and people who own tennis courts is literally just Russell Crowe. And as far as I know, he does not listen to this well, podcast. He could have the boys around come end of season. It's true. That's Mate. that's never gone poorly before. <laughs> no, <it hasn't. laughs> oh dear, Jesus, good lord! Alrighty, <laughs> do we want to get onto the games? Yes, the games that matter. Okay, first game of Forceman's back. <laughs> Uh, alrighty, Brisbane 24, St. George Illawarra 25 on Thursday evening at Lang Park. What a great game of footy this was. Oh. Another in win general. in the Roots Doyle Derby yeah. for D-Roots. Yeah, well, yeah it's I not mean, been it's, a good it, run. It's nice. <laughs> after after last week, it's uh, it's nice to get back in the winners. We're circle. almost like um, the three Pokemon starters. It's like the Dragons always lose to Souths, yeah. who always lose to the Broncos, who mm. always lose to the Dragons. We are scissor, paper, it's, and it's, rock. We are scissors, paper, and rock. Uh, yeah, look, I, I never thought I'd say this, but... Um, I I'm not a hundred percent stressed about losing Widdop. Like 
I'm stressed about the fact that he's a really good player, but it's more that it means that four don't have to go into three it, anymore. It has, it has solved what would have been an it ongoing problem is, in a very unfortunate way. Maybe maybe we're all behind the eight ball here and Mary McGregor is actually an oracle <laughs> and he foresaw this. No. I mean, no. <laughs> no. But, uh, uh, yeah, I feel for, I feel for the bloke, obviously. Terrible injury, and we, we send our regards, but yeah. No, he's no he's the best b- spine player at the Dragons, but as you said, it, it does, it's kind of addition by subtraction because in this game, the spine shuffled again. Yeah. And really, Twice. They, they had Ugh. all the ball, all the full position, were making line breaks from their own end and couldn't capitalise. And yeah. I think a lot of it came down to that clunkiness and key play making decisions, the areas. And I know, like, ben, I thought Ben Hunt had a cracking game, but he can't do it on his own all the time. And, you know, after McInnes's early dummy and run, he, I didn't think he was that great. And then also, same thing, I didn't think Widdop and Norman were particularly outstanding the rest of the game either. Norman obviously kicked the, the field goal to win it, but mm-hmm. I thought he was anonymous to most of the contest. And I actually think the, the scoreline flatters the Broncos in the end. I mean, they did get some soft tries. I won't cop that the Roberts try was a soft try because that's the reason why you buy James oh, Roberts. And also, like, you've got to... It- whether it's a soft try or not, A, you've got to be able to run 90 metres to finish it. And B, you've got to catch the ball in the first place. Well, that's the thing. It's, that's why the other ones are cop-outs. Like the lucky Widdop try, that one's luck. The yeah. one Widdop drops the ball, sorry, and Bird picks it up. The yeah. uh, the first try as well, when Ravalava drops it, that's luck. Yeah. And also a bit of a, maybe a lucky call from the video ref. But mm. that's what James Roberts exists for. Is take the, that's that's one of his skills yeah. is the strike power to score. From He's nothing. literally a strike strike outside. Yeah, back. so that wasn't a lucky try. For, no. or, you know, other side of the field, the Dragons made seven line breaks and only scored four tries because they can't convert. They couldn't convert breaks from their own end. Yeah, so they get not. eighty meters downfield and then have a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, Brisbane, it seems as we said in preseason, until something changes, they're the same team for me. No new coach. It's that. The key areas left and down again, which was uh, Cody Nicarima and Darius Boyd as well. Forwards didn't aim up as much as last week either, but it seems like the same problems, if you get me, as last year. Last year, they had the issue of, well, have a big win, and they walk into the next week cocky as and get dusted by somebody. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the Dragons did it to them last year in the, in the finals and did it again this, this week. Uh, and also... The issues with Darius Boyd again. People thinking said it last week. He didn't fall for a dummy with the sofa Solomona again this week. He would had made the decision to go before McInnes even dummied that ball, yeah. and that's just a you know no way for me to put it other than that's a cowardly decision. And then Nicarima himself, he wasn't terrible in this game, but another instance of you know if we weren't if we're not starting out sets effectively from Darius as as he is at fullback, we're not finishing effectively when Nicarima kicks, and the second half started with Nick Ramey kicking a ball out in the full. And our team's defence... horrible. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, close either. Yeah. And our team's defence isn't good enough to, to soak up the pressure of putting ourselves back on the lines. And I knew the moment he kicked out in the full, I, said, I thought, oh, we're going to concede in the next three sets here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the game, Seawell was going on about how 24 points are usually enough to win. Well, it's like, well, 25 points ain't enough to win either champ. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, fix it, the defence. The point that you're making about, like, the Broncos completed only three fewer sets than the Saints... But that was from eight. Uh, that was from six more sets. Yeah. So they were twenty nine from forty two, and the Saints were what thirty two from thirty eight. Now I'm not saying that the Dragons were fantastic in attack because they weren't. They they scored four decent tries, but they weren't lighting it up inside the inside the red zone anyway. But like as you say, it was the fact that once Brisbane got into the red zone as well, they kind of continually shot themselves in the foot. Mm. You've got to be able to. In both teams' chances, uh, both both teams have to be able to finish their chances. Yeah, and then like this no, game could have genuinely been like forty all. Oh, I mean the dragons should have probably killed them. Yeah, 
And you know, in this game as well, there are instances of my, my boy Pangai had a couple of mess ups too. His effort and Cody's effort wasn't good enough on McInnes's break, and also the selfish play he made on the line when Corbin Sims scored. I mean, you're not doing anything but trying to make you know trying to be the big boy if you get me charging off the line like that. Yeah, that doesn't help anybody. And that you know, Sims, Sims saw it coming and went underneath. And this is another case of a Sims boy killing the Broncos at Suncorp. We have Ashton 08 killing ourselves there. Tarek and and Corbin doing it in the finals last year, and Corbin again doing it in this game. Mm. So, but yeah, the um. The Dragons, once they stopped shuffling the spine as much, looked a little better in some regards. I thought Ben Hunt, revenge games on the Broncos might be a thing forever, it seems like. <laughs> it yeah. seems like it. He mentioned that in the pro- in the post-match as well. He said, I think this is the best performance. I-, I think it was. I think he said, I think this is the best win I've had at Suncourt. Well, I think that game, the best three games he's had in the last 18 months are probably round one last year, the semi last year. Or been game. at Suncourt, yeah. <laughs> went against the Broncos. But uh, yeah, Brisbane are back to the drawing board. But you know, it's it's one of those things. We didn't bring Seabold in because we couldn't score points. If you thought that was the reason why we we're wrong, because we could always score points. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, you know, he still played Gillette Lock. That's his decision. Cody's still the seven, and Darbs is still the one. And until there's some drastic changes in form or positional with those ones, I, I don't know. Like I said, I've said this many times, I don't think we can contend with those things. Change. I don't know where you pull a halfback from. Well, Thomas did and had his debut in Q Cup this week. And uh, absolutely danced on him. He was fantastic. Yeah. But I know uh, you don't expect an 18-year-old to come into first grade and do well. Hmm. But I'm potentially he might end up in there too early for mine. Just in the same regards of when you had like Luke Brooks and Nathan Cleary going, just because hmm. you have to do something. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was there by around eight or nine. But maybe Sean O'Sullivan eventually too. It's one of those things. It, it's, it's, it was O'Sullivan that filled in during Origin last year, wasn't no, it? No, O'Sullivan was at the Roosters, remember? He had the game That's the, yeah, the most controversial mistake. try yes, ever. Yes. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those questions. If I had the room of coaches in front of me, there's always many things I want to ask. One of them I want to ask is, what do you people in this room see in Cody Nicarima that us who are watching at home don't see? Because he's not the only... You know, Wayne had him as his seven. Sebald has him as his seven. Madge has him as his seven for the Kiwis. Like, mm. These people rate this guy. There's something there, but what is it? I guess we'll never know. I don't know. Like the the running game is good, right? He's short passing is okay in attack, but I don't know how you can live with a guy who can't kick like at all at the seven. Yeah, doesn't take control as he keeps saying he's going to. He's not a leader, and then and he's not an organizer not either. An organizer, I don't think. Doesn't yeah. organize, and his defense is terrible. Perhaps he could be a first grade half a lot, not with Milford, but it's like the worst combination possible. Those two together, and he's not like I mean his organization may be good, but you can't rely on that as a half, and he's no. not big enough to play as a nine. No, no, it's like well, that's it. This game, like Milford didn't start well kicking, but he actually kicked us back into this game. Yeah, he, you know, set up a try off the boot, had a couple of good kicks that turned the dragons around. But just you want someone to take some pressure off him. It's like, what would I give for Blake Green? <laughs> like, like, he's like, we don't need another flair play. We just need someone with some leadership who can defend and kick the damn ball. Mm. Sort of well, I mean, if, if the Warriors keep playing the way they did, you, yeah, uh, maybe. You, your wishes may come true. Anyway, moving on to the nation's capital, Canberra seventeen, mm. Newcastle ten. Uh, Kalen Ponga is terrible at 5 Big weekend for Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Both his teams. Big, yeah. Night, night, sir. Yeah, sorry, Harry. Um, yeah, look, this game, uh, I don't think I really expected a hell of a lot out of it, but we did get the first uh, sign of Kalen Ponga back to number one. Hmm. Well, it's pretty much been confirmed he's going back there. Hmm. How shocking. And I thought it was Whomever confirmed could have seen when Fox Sports were having a go at it last night because, you yeah. know, Kalen works there. He must have told them he was going as well because you all of a sudden had... Yeah, Brett Finch and Matty Johns would have questioned it. Didn't it's Andrew a- Johns speak out against him staying in the halves? Andrew, did he? I think. I didn't you tell me that? No, Matty did last night. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. 
It's uh, it's a funny one though because it was one of those weird things again. All preseason, most fans were against it, and the media cronies were all in favour of it. But three rounds is the point you're giving up on it at. And also, as you, as you say, like I mean, we were talking about this earlier um, off mic about the fact that like when I mean the most famous example that we always go back to is when Lockyer went did the switcheroo. It took him eighteen months. Was what Harry said. Now, like the fired me up. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, man. That, yeah, but like the point is, like Newcastle aren't in win now mode. Like they have time to do this. If they want to do it, they can do it. Like well, they, they don't necessarily. Did they not I make the move and accept that, or when they yeah. first did it? Yeah, like I don't think Connor Watson is a complete write-off. Obviously, you know he's not as good as Ponger at number one. But like, if you're going to do this, you may as well spend a whole year teaching this kid how to play at six, or don't do it at all. No, but I think they moved in because they do think they need to win now. I think that's they it, think that yeah. They moved in there because they inexplicably think that thrusting him into the front line, which theoretically was going to give him more touches, which it hasn't done, yeah. was a good thing. I mean, mm. Andrew John said in the in the All-Stars game, if these two halves stay fit, Knights make the eight, and he wins the Dally M. Like, it was just like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be great. Yeah, and you had... Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody associated with this thought it was going to be a project. I think, even though, again, it took Darren Lockyer, one of the five best players we've ever seen, at least a few rounds to get you to get acclimatized. More than three, you would say. Well, yeah. I mean, he was like, and, and then everyone just decided that in round one, in his first game in the halves ever, that Ponga was going to just go out there and dominate. And, and also, it ha- how long had Lockyer been playing first grade at that stage? Like six years? Well, that, that's it. He'd been in first grade for a long time. It was yeah. in 2004 when he moved, and he'd already played since 97 at fullback. Yeah. So, you know, he's been been there for a long enough time. I mean, he debuted off the bench, you know, in 95, and then he was a full-time fullback a bit later. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that's just... Sorry, excuse me. But that's that's it. The comparison to Lockyer is a lazy one that's made quite often, and it was made with Moylan when he moved back there as well, obviously. But also the other thing that's a big lie is the narrative that he didn't succeed quickly at five eight for Darren. Mm. Like you know, if you look back to two thousand, people don't think he succeeded quickly there. But after five rounds at five eight, Gus Gould, one of the largest Broncos haters in existence, who mm. was the current Blues coach at the time, mm. and a Roosters fan called Darren Lockyer better than Freddie Fittler and the best 5-8 in the world five rounds into the competition the year he moved there. Yeah. People have this thing in their head that it took longer than it did. And whilst his defense wasn't there instantly, if you have someone like Gus Gould, also when he cared about rugby league too, 2004 calling in best 5-8 in the world within five rounds, it might be true. you mm. know. And then in that instance as well, I know stats aren't back there, aren't that great, but in, in his first six games, what he had two tries in the first game. Lockie did zero in round two, two in round three, one in round four, two in round five, and one in round six. And he had at least 11 runs in three of those games. Like Lockie went there and was involved instantly. And even though tries aren't anything, he had his hands on the ball and was doing things. You know, it's a bit different to what Caelan Ponga was doing, which he put on one try in his time there, was uninvolved, and his team lost winnable games. Whereas Lockie's first seven, sorry, eight games there, Brisbane went seven and one, and mm. then he got injured. And only so that's, what two two years later they won yeah, won a premiership. It is. It's and he was the origin five eight. Come when he came back from injury, missed the first game. But it's it's one of those things that over time the when Lockyer moved there, it was a big thing, and people thought it was going to fail. And weirdly, the perception has become people's reality that that mm. was going to because it it, the re, it worked instantly, which is the reason why other people want to replicate it because it did work straight away. You know, well his defense wasn't there early, but they just be expected going to the front line from the back. Whereas yeah. Ponga thing, it's like. The right decision is him being fullback, obviously, but we've been here before. It's about process, and the process is just wrong. Like, you you went all preseason moving him, and then after three games, you're going to give up on it. It's like, well, 
What did you think you had in preseason that three games? Yeah, what, cha- to, what changed what between changed? now and then? Yeah. I don't know. You thought um, it was going to be magic. He was going to touch the ball more and they're going to blow him off the, off the park or something. But this is one of the two winnable games they lost with him playing six. They probably might have won if he played fullback. Hmm. Maybe. Um, you want to pump yourself up for the Nickel Clockstead prediction? Well... I, might, I, look, I did call him signing of the season, but unfortunately, it might go to John Bateman, his teammate. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but, Man, Bateman's but, been impressive. But yeah, the Nickel Clockstep prediction is looking pretty schmick. Hmm. He, had, he had another really good game in this. And again, he's not a great playmaker yet, but as I said, support players there, damaging ball one is there. And the, and the second, first try he scored, he followed through a nice Hodgson kick. The second try he scored, there was absolutely nothing on. Just beat hmm. three men and, and yeah. went over. And... You know, brought a lot of energy to that team. Meanwhile, I thought Whiten was terrible at six in this game. Like the tr- he got walked through for um, Jesse Ramian's try. Oh, that was two, two sides of the same coin, really. The, yeah, the, the two, both situations, really. The difference being, of course, that Whiten does not have a fullback spot being kept warm for him. He has a fullback spot which has been pretty much taken from him by someone who's playing really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in in his defence, he's also. Not the golden child. No, of all of rugby that's, league. That's mm. also true. Um, it, it, you know that that's never going to happen when you play for the Raiders. But um, yeah, we no. I mean, that's it's true though. Now like, there's, there's guys. There's guys who I, I, I'm not saying that as like Jared Croker's going to play 300 games. Correct. and Play no rep. Yes, exactly yeah. like that. Like the guys like Lulu and Rapan, if they played for a Sydney club, they'd get all the reps. And we've been through this yep. a million times. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so they look pretty sharp. Uh, the Knights. I mean. We ha- we I mean I hate to dump on them, but like all preseason we had to hear about how great they were going to be because they made all these signings. But I mean, yeah, and everyone knew David Clemmer was going to be great, no question. But then yeah. like, who's with him in the forwards that's like striking fear into the hearts uh, of we- opposition teams? I just don't see it. And we saw it in this game. Like he had he ran all over them, but nobody else really came with him. And that's that's going to be the case for the whole year. And I don't know why people thought it was going to be different. I, I just I I think. There's, there's certain... I mean, it's kind of like... And I'd really hate to do this to Harry, but it's kind of like the Cleveland Browns in the mm, NFL, Mitch. Yeah. And for anyone out there who watches NFL, it's kind of mm. like every year, no matter how bad they were the year before, they'd get a bit of push from corners of the media. Oh, the Browns, they're, they're, they're going to be frisky this year. And we get, we get this exact... The parallels between the Browns and the Knights are very, very eerie almost because the same thing happens every year with Newcastle. We get these... We get certain people pumping up their tyres every preseason. Oh, the Knights, this is the year. They make the leap, blah, blah, blah. And then nothing changes. Yeah, yeah. and a good comparison is a bunch of good signings get be, get dubbed great signings when they do yeah. like Browns do. So I remember two years ago or so, the Browns, were, I think, over underline was like eight wins, wasn't it? And they, won, and they and didn't win a game. put squillions on it and they won, <laughs> they won no games. Yeah, and then... The, oh, but the following... Uh, was and that was, that, was coming off, that was coming off the year before where they won one game. Yeah, it so was... But yeah, yeah. And we get we get the same thing here. The Knights are only what two seasons removed from winning one game. Mm. Well three there's a twenty sixteen, right? So yep. yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't really look at any of their off season signings apart from Clemmer and perhaps Ramian and go, That guy's gonna be like a star. Like there's good like Homer Hunt's a solid player. I think you know, Homer Hunt's been Ed, good. Edric Lee's solid, Tim Glasby's solid. They're mm. solid that's, players. Yeah, good but that's signings. what you said. They're not, not great. They're, you're not they're not they're not they're not pushing you over the top. You know what I mean? No. They're good parts. They're they 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 are good players in positions where last year you had subpar players. They are, in, and in that's it, fine. To, to make an, to make a, a cross reference, they are good break pra- good break pads on a shipment bill. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're filling out. They're they're doing a job. They're doing a, j- but like you've got a forty horsepower engine. And your 40 horsepower engine this week was Mitch Barnett at, four, <laughs> at prop, making 50 run meters. I was about to say that he, he was so good on the bench in the first two games 
perhaps you can recognise that's where he belongs. Yeah, like what what happened to change this? It was him starting and having to go from the off. Yeah, and it's just, we've said this over the last couple of years with Brown, and sometimes makes these calls we don't understand them. That's another one of those ones yeah. there. And I thought James Gabbard had been... Again, pretty handy off uh, starting starting pro. They were both worse in their new roles, and Josh King was back. I know Herman was getting taught a lesson, but K- Josh King was back. Um, Fitzgibbon's defense was disgraceful in this game Again. too. They they went right through him. Yep. But yeah, on the Raiders side though, like Ryan Sutton also looked pretty handy. Bateman d- balled out, and then before the game, our good friend Harry Ramage he'd already given up on this game, mm. and then Caesar was ruled out for Sam Williams, and all of us were like, "Pump your brakes." Yeah, Harry. He was like, "Oh, can we win now?" We're like, the no, king no, of no. Kurt, the king of Kumo is coming in. Yeah, I mean, Sam Williams is made for like the three week spurts of looking like one of the best halves in the comp. because yeah. that's what his whole career's been built on. He has like two or three week spurts, yeah. best he, backup half in the comp. He's Nick Foles, basically. Yeah, he's not good yeah. enough to start, but it, well, he'll come in there and give you two or three great weeks. You don't want eight weeks of him. No. But, you, but two or three, that was it. He was great in this game. He he falls away at a logarithmic rate. He goes yeah, from hundred. He goes wrong <laughs> from you. He goes yeah. from hundred to zero real yeah. quick. But yeah. anyway, I mean. Our good friend Harry Ramage thinks that Brown has to go if they don't win this week, which I and I just laugh. I'm like Harry, they're not they're not sacking. No, although he is, I mean, he is the most sackable coach. No, because, he's not. No, I mean, it's close. <laughs> no, I mean, but he's on a performance based contract. He's not on a year by year. Yeah, you're right. That's that regard. They can just get rid of him whenever they want. He's like a casual worker. <laughs> he's going to turn up on Monday and his pass isn't going to work. <laughs> well, where's my emails? Mm, you don't have any emails <laughs> anymore, Nathan. Sorry, mate. Got to get someone to cover his shift on <laughs> yeah. the weekend. Is he on Sunday? You called in sick. You got to make the calls. Matt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the only good sign for them really for the Knights is they're just conceding far less points. True, yeah. which it, is a positive. Yeah. You and know, but, conceding te- uh, seventeen is considerably better than conceding forty-eight. Yeah, perhaps Ponga goes back to fullback and they score more points as well in the back end games. But yeah, there's just there's still holes there, still holes that need to be filled. I don't know what's changed. Kurt Mann at fullback. I mean, Kurt David Clem is good. That's, yeah. that's changed. That's nice. That's nice. I know the million dollar forward you bought for a million dollars is surprisingly. Uh, don't want like to talk myself up for predicting him as one of the signings of the season, but yeah, million dollar Australian forward, good. Who knew? You need a recruitment job. Yeah, yeah. should it's work done. at Seek or something, mate. <laughs> Got to get my team to sign Cam Smith. It's gonna be sick. That's <laughs> an why doesn't every team just pull a Jonathan Thurston out of their junior ranks? Yeah, well, and win comps. Why don't, I don't they simply take the next Thurston from the Bulldogs? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how it works. God help us all. All righty, Parramatta 18, Eastern Suburbs Aww. 32 at the Olympic Stadium. Look, I thought Parramatta were really good. They did. For 60 dream. minutes. Unfortunately, rugby league games go for 80. <laughs> uh, and James Tedesco decided to be really good for about he 15 of those. Great at the end. Um, yeah, poor para. I mean, the, but I will say... The th- point this you make about fi- them big, like, dr- daring to dream is perfect, may I just say, just mm-hmm. before you go on. Perfect Thank analogy. You. Well yeah. Done. I uh, this I mean yeah you're right for the first hour they looked great and this was a really enjoyable game they've really put on some enjoyable contests this year but yeah they just, the Roosters kicked into another gear and I the Parra just aren't there yet yeah, they Roos- might be yeah. they might be later on like Parra, and, and Parra, this, they'll probably learn a lot from this game like but they'll come up against other teams where the other teams won't be able to score four tries in twenty minutes mm. yeah they were leading with eight eighteen minutes to go and they were pretty solid up to then the Roosters have that though and it's something I was talking about my friends with Broncos fans on the weekend about like when the Broncos are down with fifteen to go. They are playing like they're down with one minute to go. They're chasing, 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 running the ball on last 40 out, whatever, whatever. The Roosters don't change. And that's why they win these games. Like, like sometimes when a team's confident and they're going to come back and win, that's why they win these kind of games. None of their last tries were panic tries. They just got back in the game, played their footy, and, and took their opportunities. And that's it. Like Tedesco had a, had a nice moment. Uh, Victor Radley stood up in a couple of moments. And then uh, also Daniel Tupo when there was no blockers. 
who knew can out jump anybody in the world. Yeah, kicking but, to yeah. a bloke who's six foot eight, good. That's you know that's it. They, they, they did that the moment. Some of those guys stood up, and it's one of those games that actually weren't that great themselves, the Roosters, until those last twenty on they stood up. But they got a win against uh, another solid side in Parramatta, and I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was a good sign for both teams in those regards. You know, Roosters taking a win where they weren't great for the whole thing, and also losing Jake Friend and losing Rhea Hargraves on the night after going in without Cronk. And without Brett Morris, it's a great win for them. But also the 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 Eels taking it to them was another good sign. And yeah, Eels first half they'd be very happy with that. I mean, the, the first try of Fergo scored was off a another Junior Paulo a great pass that, that really split the defence open, throwing out to Takarang in a long cutout. So he looked good there. And Sevo had a good game too. Mate Ukavalu looked like a child. That, ran ran this, over him twice. That, that try he scored, I felt for, I feared for his safety. Yeah, it was but like yeah. walking under a locomotive. So there you go. Look at Eels actually having signings looking okay. Paulo and Fergo and even Sean Lane looking like decent signings. But Sean Lane looks like an like a like a first grader. Yeah, like he looks like he can actually play rugby league, which is great for him. And you know, we've we I complain a lot about Paris forwards, but like mm. they did a fair enough job in this game. They did, and they were missing Nathan Brown still, obviously, and missing uh, Tepai Moroa, who isn't great, but Tepai Moroa is still better than Kane Evans, Tim Matter, and Oregon Kafusi. Yes. So, you know, they, they, they stood up in this game, and also Moses and Brown didn't go missing, if you get me. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's important. Lots of good signs, and Gutho still looks good on the back of the injury. So, yeah, I still don't know my full read on this Eels team. But they're certainly frisky, and they're certainly worth watching. Would you yeah. call them frisky? I'd call you them frisky. You would call them frisky. That's they're, good. They're not playing anywhere near as structured as Brad Arthur has done in the past, and it's it's not not saying it means he's a good coach, but it's sign of a good coach who is willing to change his methods to get results, and that's just it. He's had the balls over the offseason to change how he, how he views rugby league currently, and we'll see how they go from there, but yeah, just a, it's a good game. I'm going to give him another three weeks and revisit where we think they're going to be. Mm. In terms um, of the whole, like, they've got some... Winnable game like they got next three. I think is Cronulla, Canberra, and Wests. Oh, the, that 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 sixth game will be the opening of that new stadium. So you know, chalk if, that if up they, as a big W. By the way, oh, you never know. But you know, mm-hmm. if they get if they get to that round six at four and two or three and three, then yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah three more great barometer games. Yeah, for them. Uh, alrighty, moving on to mm. yeah Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday evening over the ditch. Uh, Manly Warringah forty six, New Zealand Warriors twelve. Yeah, Tom Tavoyevich makes a difference. Yeah, I was going to say. Pl- Better than Brendan Elliott? <laughs> Hard <laughs> look, to say. You are a you are an analyst. You're a genius, Finch. <laughs> um, look, the Warriors were abject. I thought that they would be significantly better than this. Um, we we all made those comments last week. Mm. Uh, I think you'll find it too, Manly. No, I know. But we no. made the point about it being in Christchurch and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah. man, they were abject. Horrible. But in saying that, Manly were really good. Yep. They took their chances that were provided to them by... Six meter wide gaping defensive holes <laughs> under the goalposts. Yeah, look, it, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a visionary, but if you can get two on one with the defender and pass the ball around him and run on, run on, yeah, you are going to score. And I, tries. and I think Turbo being back makes the guy, the other backs, just better by social. I thought Brad Parker was excellent in this game, which Man. is a strange sentence, but it's it's one I stand by. Solomon um, Carter's cooked, eh? Hey? Even uh, worse yeah, on the right he edge. Looks, Brad Parker gagged. ruined him. Yeah. Um, Again, not a sentence I thought I'd hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, didn't Brad Parker ruin Greg Inglis in a game last year? Uh, I think so. Yeah, Brad Parker also uh, injured himself standing up in a tackle. <laughs> I'm are sorry. we a Brad Parker podcast now? We could I be. We've pivoted <laughs> Brad into pa- a weird Brad Parker fanzine. Join us next week. Um, yeah, it's it's strange that you don't you don't really think. I mean, obviously we know how brilliant he is, but you don't think one guy coming back can affect a team just to that extent. But they look completely. Um, 
They were completely different. It, it was night and day to what we saw in the first couple of games from these guys. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, they made K and LG look good. I don't go. I hey, don't I understand what's going on. Come on, look be- better. Sorry, they made him look better. I feel like that's an island I might have to jump off of soon. I thought Kane mm. would one day turn it around, but it looks like he might be a one season wonder after those injuries. He just doesn't look great anymore. But um, yeah, Adam Fanor Blake it was exceptional too. I thought, but I mean, it's no coincidence after the game you had like every single manly player that spoke to anybody with a microphone said Tommy Turbo makes us a better team. It's just it's simple, but like man, we feel more confident with him. You know, he kind of leads with his actions. And we see it with plenty of players, but he lays a platform that fullbacks, you, fullbacks don't always do. But he was just up and about from the time the moment the game kicked off. And also, he yeah. seems to make Terry Evans more interested in games. Yeah. Because he, he was backing up and following Tommy around and loving footy as well in this game. I, I feel the thing with DCE and Tommy Turbo is that they don't... I don't feel like when they play together, either of them feel like they have to do everything. Like, the point mm. the, the point where both of them were through and both of them, like, threw an offload to each other to score. Yeah. I don't think that they... Th- I'm, obviously, I'm not never spoken to either of them, but I don't feel that they go into a game where the other isn't playing and feel like that person is going to... Somebody else is going to be backing me up in that situation. Somebody else is going to be making that read to go around the back or to, mm. to, to take that play. They don't feel confident that they can make those plays in their head and therefore execute if they're not playing together and obviously they play for different origin teams but like at club level they don't have the cattle when they're not there so it kind of makes sense that they would worry more about their performance if the other if Mm. the other player isn't on the pitch well this is like we we spoke about you know we two of us picked them in our eight and this is more i'm not saying this is a team i thought they'd be but it's more like the team we thought they would be than being bungard did anyway was Mm. that they'd still have that that platform laid by fanua blake to power and jake trevojevic in the middle and then you'd have tommy turbo and then dc kind of play out the back of that yeah, and that's exactly what we got. We got in this game, and yeah, Tommy Turbo back up pretty much every offload for Noah Blake or to power through. Things happen from that, and then once they open, they slap the Warriors in the face. The Warriors wilted like an old Warriors team. It's, yeah. And I know Sean Johnson isn't going to fix their attack, but sorry, their defense. But you can't tell me they're not missing him. They're they're rudderless in attack, and he actually was pretty good steering uh, the Sharks around this weekend himself. But the defense. Is a lax commitment almost, it feels like. And the whole pack got smashed up. Yeah, which is... Like, when uh, Bunty Arfor came back on, he was good for about four minutes. Mm. Like, I think he, he made three really hard-hitting hit-ups and maybe one or two hard tackles and then just kind of looked around and were like, is anybody going to go with me here? And they all looked at him like he had three heads. Mm. And why aren't you playing Lisa and Armel more? I mean, you played paid him enough money. You think you want to test him out more than the 40-minute stints? I don't know, but... Yeah, there wasn't many good performers on the Warriors' side of the ball, and there was more worrying signs that Carter's defense is bad on the right edge, and it's made Fusatua's defense worse in turn. And then on the other side, you got Ken Malmalo two weeks in a row has made a defensive uh, error on, on receiving kicks that have led to Manly's points. And we know that what kind of player he can turn into if confidence is gone. So lots of concerns there. Uh, one five pl- final player before we move on is uh, Manasi Fainu. He looks like something, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He played more minutes than Coruscant in this game, and Dez has mm. let him run. He played 46 to Coruscant's 34. And, you know, Coruscant's an okay six. So potentially at some point we might actually see Coruscant play six and Fino play nine. It's interesting. Yeah. But it's it's a you're a lucky club when you can have two nines of that quality running around, and potentially your backup one might be a little better. I mean, South had this problem about 15 times over uh, the last yeah. five years. But, yeah, not, not a bad-looking uh, prospect. Is this? It's the first, like, now that Tommy's back, it's not really... Uh, I can't, it's, it's odd that we didn't really think about it, but it's the first time he's had like a gun dynamic fullback since probably Barber back in his first couple of years at the Bulldogs, right? Who's this? Dez. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. his dreams are like 
having a full like he had Brett Stewart as well. Exactly. His well, dreams was yeah. a great fullback and a fat ball playing number thirteen. So he's got those two. Mm-hmm. Those like two Des Wet dreams. Yep. So we'll see what happens from here. Mm-hmm. Uh alrighty. Speaking of fat back rowers. Uh North Queensland sixteen. Cronulla Sutherland forty two. Uh highlighted this game for me, the sign above the race when Gal ran out. Yeah, but then they won. Yeah, look. Stop nitpicking my dreams. It was a good photo. I enjoyed it up until the point that they they did started not lose. winning. Yeah. Um, are we are we pressing the panic button on the Cowboys yet? Yes. Yes. Boom. Okay. Press. It's been pressed. Yeah. Um, this was like the worst Super Saturday of all time. <laughs> it was <laughs> not a Super Saturday. Yeah. Snooze and Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Every game was over with like thirty minutes to go. But uh, the Cowboys. I mean, that bloke fell asleep. They did. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. The Cowboys started okay, but obviously Tamalo, like the most obvious thing about what a lo- he's going to be a loss. Yeah, and then that he was, you know, without him wasn't good. The back line still gives them nothing. And then I thought Cohen Hess was just disgraceful in this game, just lazy. A lot of the tries they conceded came around where he was involved. You know, he's offside at marker when Josh Morris scores that try when he just <laughs> dives over marker, God gets above. run through for another. Yeah. Just a lack of effort. And this is a guy like two or three years ago who was absolutely killing the competition. I know he was young, but like, looks a shadow of the player he was then. Just, yeah, just not great. You know, out of the Cowboys, look, guys can hold their head higher, kind of like Jordan McLean, Gavin Cooper, uh, Matt Scott was actually okay. Michael Morgan for me. The rest of them just not good enough. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't look interested really as soon as the Sharks got a roll on. Yeah, they just kind of looked uh, almost as if they didn't know how to stop this situation from unfolding. Yeah, and actually, sorry, John Asiata looked decent as well too. But yeah, they've had plenty of times they've had games go away from them, and they've just gone back to okay, Jason, you go back on there. You 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 sort this out. You yeah. roll the team back up the field. Yeah. And they've had those many a time they came down from 12 to 18 points against the Broncos him coming back on or similar. Mm. But this roll started and there was no way the Cowboys were stopping it. There's nobody stood up to do anything about it and the Sharks just got on top and, and ran away with it. And, you know, I thought they had pretty good games out of like, well, Paul Gallant only played 23 minutes, but I thought and Nicora was good again. Uh, I thought uh, Aaron Woods and Jack Williams were good off the bench. And then I thought Sean Johnson had his first real good game in a Sharks jersey as well. It just involved a lot of good things and... They scored some pretty easy tries, just some effort tries. Like, you know, Josh Dugan just ran over somebody. Uh, Chad Townsend went, went through an easy gap. Uh, J- Josh Morris just went from dummy half and scored. Good try. But they had beaten the shark, the Cowboys up at that point, and they wanted none of it. Yeah. It's that, that, that simple. Uh, Matt Moylan out injured with a hamstring, so that's going to be interesting in the next few weeks. To be interesting, because a lot of their structures are built around how he plays. Mm. They have a lot of those Thurman out the back plays that they, they, they do, and a lot of those, they always had that before Moylan even got there. They had Barber doing it similar yeah. too, and they love having those edge back rollers hit a hard lead line and go behind them. And, and going with Dugan, he has a massive inability to take advantage of those. I think you know as being a Dragons fan, you remember how many times he was like three on one out wide and he just didn't pass the ball? Yeah. So, interesting to see what comes from there in his regard. But he also is a much better kick returner than, uh, than Moylan is and much better at diffusing kicks He doesn't hand is. the ball off as much to kick return either. Yeah. So, he he makes everybody else's job easier. Yeah. But, so, like, kick returning is great. Like, but you only do that, like, you know, once every few minutes. Whereas you get, a, you get involved in attacking plays potentially all the time. Well, I think it's, it could be a positive for the Sharks. So, I know it's, a lot of Sharks fans rate Moylan more than other fans do. But it's like... If this if Dugan goes back there and plays well, if, if Bronson Cherry comes in and plays well, mm. we might have to be seeing. Maybe we'll see in the future Dugan one, uh, Moylan six, Sean Johnson seven, Cherry in the centres. Yeah, maybe Cherry's the, Cherry is the big, the big question mark for me in the next few yeah, weeks. We'll as, see. as a 
We saw in New South Wales Cup this week, he turned it on. So, yeah. like, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. I mean, assuming he comes in, I don't think they're going to play Aaron Gray, but I'm assuming he comes in. But that, that's, you I mean, know... It's Aaron g- Gray, friend of the podcast. Excuse <laughs> me. That's, that's Aaron. I average four tries a game in representative <laughs> football. <laughs> Gray. Thank you him very much. Him and Dangai guys, superstars <laughs> in rep footy. But yeah, um, Sharks just ran away with it and too good for for the Cowboys. And yeah, once you once you cower to the Sharks, they are the biggest bullies. We know this. They are, they yeah, are the biggest track. bullies going around. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of coward, <laughs> uh, Penrith. Wow, Penrith two, Melbourne thirty two at Carrington Park in Bathurst. A great crowd for this one. Pity that they got served an absolute shit sandwich of a football match. Uh, Pimps in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Look, uh, <laughs> Dylan, it's this is the easiest one this, possibly this, of all time. Like, hang on. No, it is. No, our last easy one, this one, this easy was Kurt Mann at fullback against the Sharks. Remember what he had made like five mistakes? Yeah, and St. George lost 42 to 2 at yeah. Shark Park, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Dylan Edwards had made six errors in this game. Five missed tackles. Five missed tackles. W- yeah. Look, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't condone it. I would have committed seppuku in the middle of the field. Yeah. Just sword straight up the guts. Sorry, everybody. Sorry to waste your time. Well, the storm weren't actually that good in this game. They, no, they made but a lot they of st- also didn't like give the ball away to the other team five meters out yes. from the line. <laughs> they made a lot of mistakes early. The storm did, and then. Uh, they didn't put the foot in the throat. Dylan Edwards placed their feet <laughs> on the Penrith throat. Dylan Edwards contorted himself to put his own feet on his own throat in yeah. some kind of strange, you know, Russian doll sense. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the game, you don't know what happened. Mm. Well, the first try of the game came from a kick through, and then Dylan Edwards just not picking it up on the try line, just <laughs> dropping it when he was running to pick it up, and Ken Munster jumped on it. Yep. The second try came right after the half time where they put up the most mediocre bomb of all time, a Nicarima-esque bomb. That he just dropped that's to Brody un- Croft. That's unkind to Yes, Brody Croft grabbed it, ran through and scored. And then got stripped two more times in the game himself. And then on the last try the, that uh, the Storm scored, was just had, very bro- had his arm around just on Bromwich, who had the ball. He was holding the ball Bromwich and then helped him put it down, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like he carried him over the try line they and put did, it down yeah, for him. That was, that was the video, video ref try. I wanted, right. I wanted yeah. this game to be closer for one reason. Yeah. And that one reason is that Dylan Edwards actually topped the meter count. Which is bizarre. Yes, but what what do lazy Dalian voters do when they don't actually watch games? <laughs> <laughs> sort the meters or whatever, yep. Very true. and give the one point to the best player on the losing team. Yeah. So if they hadn't scored those like last two or three tries and end up being like eighteen two or something, I wonder if he would have got a Dalian point. Yeah, it's very rare someone has a game bad enough that I legitimately actually think they deserve to get dropped. But Dylan Edwards needs to get a, have a couple weeks off. If yeah, you put DWZ. With, I love oh, you're a DWZ uh, fullback. Truth, big W DWZ at fullback guy. Yeah, just do What's it. Their other Option Caleb Atkins, is he still yeah, there? he's not too bad. He had that yeah. good game yeah, last year. Yeah. Then they yeah. can put like MWZ on the wing if they put Dallin at fullback. But it is quite funny. We're starting to see Penrith were had this have a junior nurse, as we know, but last year's had a lot of depth. And now the names are bringing up as a depth options are not what they were a couple of years ago. I mean, Jerome Luai is another decent depth option in the spine and you know, in the playmaking position. But he's not going to take a six or a seven, but we're seeing they're starting, you know. They're starting Frank Winterstein and Harme Sele, who are off-cuts from other sides. Tyrell Fumano on the bench, also an off-cut. They haven't really got a great hooker. Mm. Yeah, they're not... They're not I mean, the one of their, squad they I have. mean, one of their depth options is in jail, so, mm. you know. Yeah, and then in this in this game, you had 
They had all the ball early on with, with the errors that Storm Hey, they led 2-0. Credit to them. Yeah, I was going to say, Maloney, potential Dalian vote there. Yeah, and I think they had like 30-odd play the balls in the Storm 20 and couldn't score. And I think that's just an indictment on, firstly, the, the playmakers in this team, the big names in Cleary Maloney and in Sonny Katawa, and also on the coaching. And this is Cleary's come in, and they looked even more inept than what the Anthony Griffin team do with the ball in hand. I know it can take time to put your methods in play, but it's just... <laughs> You know, gave him a million dollars, gave their son a million dollars, turned down Wayne Bennett, which is great, by the way. That Gus Gould went knees, went on his knees, crawled to Wayne, got him on board. That's and a long went, way to crawl, too. It is. And they got him on board after like 30 years of hating each other and then went back to the Panthers board and they were like, yeah, nah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Let's get the halfback's dad back. They went that way. But yeah, that's, you know, you've given the keys to the club to this halfback and coach combination, playing them both like the best in the comp, and both of them are far from it currently. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that, to be honest. Penrith yeah. were just, yeah, as I said, they were abject. They were terrible. I, yeah, I don't think the Storm were that good. They just no. took advantage. Ken Munster was outstanding. He yeah. stole the ball three times. He tried. Times. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all the Storm had to do in this game was try slightly harder and not <laughs> drop the ball. <laughs> When they stopped dropping the ball, they scored yeah, they, 30 they odd points. That was 30 it. points. What more do you want? Alrighty. Uh, speaking of teams that shot themselves in the foot a number of times this week, West Tigers 8, Canterbury Bankstown 22 yeah. at God's Country Campbelltown Stadium in front of a roaring 15,000 strong crowd. Wow. Yeah. See I this know. coming? First what, try was outstanding. The... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone saw this, this result. Although, once Dean Pay did ring the changes from last week, mm. I mean, we would have all thought that they. Probably would be a little bit better than what we saw I, in the first li- couple of weeks. But, you know, this, this definitely took me by surprise. I, uh, I listened to this... Sorry to cut in. I, uh, I listened to this game on, uh, on the radio on the way back from work on Sunday. And uh, every, the comms team were like, oh, we didn't expect this. And, and I was just thinking to myself, and it was one thing that Andrew Moore said. He said, this was exactly the performance that you thought was going to happen. Like, they got two decent performances in the first two weeks. They think that they're king shit. They're going to come up against a team that they don't anticipate is going to be any good, who's going to run the changes, and they're all playing for their spots, and they get absolutely yep. pumped. And, like, they could have been... They could have conceded 30 more points. They were... They, Wests were awful. They tried to play million-dollar passes every time they had the ball. Just calm down. Oh. We had this issue last year. <laughs> Ophahiki mm. Ogden killed Robbie Farah. <laughs> Are we that putting that hit. in the positive or negative? No, that was just column. The, that was the hit of the weekend for me. That was that was it's awesome. It's the thing that happened. This was. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of emblematic of the game. To what you're saying, Dale, is sort of like, oh, I'm just gonna take my time, not not look at the defensive line, set set, my, set myself ready to throw a. Oh look, my liver's through my chest. Yep, <laughs> it's kind of what happened. Like the the Tigers took their eye off what was in front of them and they got belted. Mm. They did. I mean, I think. You're talking about there playing different paces, kind of describe the game. Even on the first break, the Bulldogs looked like they were about seven times faster. You know, Nick Meaney scooped that ball up and went downfield. Not good nice enough for the Knights. Not good yeah. enough for the Knights. No. Meaney, no. But yeah, this is Kieran, so Kieran Foran all last year in his 12 games had two line breaks and one line break assist, all of them. Uh, but this game now is only the second game since he left Manly that he had at least one line break and one line break assist. So he's, you know, that was, and the last one that was in round six, 2017, second game for the Warriors. But that the first time in, what, since 2015. He had more than, well, he had one line break, yeah. at least one line, line break assist. And that kind of, I don't know if that says he plays well. Because he had a decent game, but I don't know, might, might say more to that the Tigers were a bit, bit complacent. The first try he scored, I know it was only go up 10-0, but that happened and I thought, that's when I thought, oh, the Tigers, this is over. Yeah. Like he dummied and went and went straight, but there was very little effort in the run. that he, And he pushed through what carried four guys to score Kieran Foran did. Great try. 
But yeah, this is again, we're starting to see some things. I've said it before, don't line the rebuild when you start seeing guys like Jaden Oakenball playing. He looked, he looked decent. He, mm-hmm. A weird build. He has literally no biceps, but mm-hmm. is massive, like still a big guy and was and put in quite well in this game. Nick Meany looked okay. Uh, it's better to only been one game, but Napa had his second good game in a row, which is rare. And Harawira Naira had a strong performance as well. And Reese Martin back in on the edge looked decent. Jackson was actually okay in the middle too. I mean, it's ideal scenarios for all of them, but they just steamrolled in most in most positions on the field. And then on the, on the Tigers' side, the only guys I think can hang their heads high after this game for me were um, Alex Twall and uh, SR Masters. Masters still slogged his guts out, still had 24 runs and 201 metres. And Alex Twall, again, still 16 runs, still 38 tackles, but I, he was putting effort in the whole day. I mean, obviously it's hard for the Tigers when they lose um, Luke Gardner early in the game to come back on late. They lost him early. They lost Benji uh, after half an hour as well. Fanua went off for, for a HIA early. So there was a lot of changes in their team that they weren't anticipated, but the effort just never came back. You know, at one point, all those cattle butt Benji got on the field and, and nothing really happened. Mm. That feeling that you describe it, 10-0, is what every Raiders fan feels every time there's a try, just for the record. <laughs> the game's over. Yeah, well, it was fun. I had a nice time. Yeah, well, it's interesting now too. I don't know how bad Benji's injury is, but Benji himself spoke about after round one he was asked after the game about how he thought about Reynolds. And Benji was going, well, last year, you know, I came to this team. I didn't have a spot either. An injury gave me opportunity and mm. I took it. And he said, well, you know, if if there's an injury this year, Josh Reynolds had the same chance to take it and see what he can do. So there might be, might be uh, Benji might have jinxed himself and there might be a chance here for Reynolds yeah. to come in and, and take a spot. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see oh, I mean, he's getting there. paid enough to come in and take a spot. So yeah. Exactly, but yeah, Bulldogs fans. At least you got some joy. I, don't, I still don't know how long it'll last. I feel like it's one of those like one off, one off blips. Everything went really well. Everything went perfectly for them. I don't know how long it'll last, but nice to get a get a win. Uh, nice to get a win for Souths as well. South Sydney twenty eight, yeah. Gold Coast twenty at the Olympic Stadium on Sunday evening. Yeah, first win in nine days, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, how did, how <laughs> was that? Been, good to break the drought. Ten been, days, nine days. Been a dry spell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Bumper crowd at the old ANZ Stadium, fellas. I'll tell you that much. You couldn't move. Yeah. Was that, elbow the, poli- was that the police presence not allowing you to move? Mate, or? there was so few people there. Yeah, it's just like... 10K was a lie. You, it was. You can't You can't tell me that game couldn't have been played at Redfern. Anyway. There was already a game being played at Redfern. Okay. Yeah. Was there? Yeah, they played Cup there t- this week. Oops. Oh, wow. He's just watching videos on his phone. No, That's I'm going to the question time. But there we go. <laughs> click, click on a video on question time. Um... Yeah, weird game. The Titans really put in. Like, and they... Obviously, they don't have the best team, team. in the world in terms team. of talent, but they, they tried some things. There was a lot of second phase play. They didn't give up. They ran hard. Um, once they realized that um, bombing to that right corner was a tactic that was going to work, they did it four or five times in the second half. It resulted in two tries for them, so, you know, fair, fair play to them. Mm. Um, yeah, and in the end, I think South were actually a little bit lucky to win this. They they took the two really early on, and everyone went, "What are you doing that for?" The Titans suck, and then they only I won by eight points. Yeah, <laughs> and they won by eight points from with, by the virtue of taking another two penalty goals after that. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those games. Though you, as a in the whole scheme of the season, you'll forget about it. Yeah, you, know, you played bad, you got the points. The team played like they were playing in front of four thousand ANZ. I don't believe the ten thousand number. There's no chance of ten thousand <laughs> yeah. people. It's like when the AFL put up fifteen thousand for uh, great Giants. GWS Giants spotless. game last week. You can week. like see the other six people out of here. But yeah, um, I mean, you say that they they could have lost this game, which is true. But again, their defensive line, I understand that you know 
it got broken once again, but they conceded one line break. The other tries came off. An intercept and two kicks. Yeah. Intercept two, I mean, that doesn't mean they count less. No, no, no. That, is but their defense is actually still pretty solid. And you, yeah, you can't you you can't rely on you can't if you're the attacking team you can't rely no, on scoring kick, intercepts. And, yeah, kicks, what's it? I mean, kicks don't try off less. Points. I mean, Kyle Turner was in the centers and he missed a block on one of those kick tries, and the next one was Anthony Don heads up plays stealing the ball from Ethan Lowe, mm. who by the way had a, had a pretty solid game. I thought. I think he might be back. Yeah, obviously the sour note to this game is Braden Burns, who to, to, at, until this stage had been one of the best centers in the comp this year. Mm. What's um, the uh, what's the word there? Hobbled off. He'll be out for six to ten weeks, I Fuck. think. I read yeah. today. Hammy. Uh, it was either a, hammy and ankle, isn't and it? Hammy and ankle. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, Hold unfortunate. Um, but Dan Gagai played pretty well in the centers. So Dan Gagai was, breakout game. That was one positive. Although, I mean. Tyron Peachy played so poorly that he got hooked. So I don't know how much we can read into Gagai's performance. No, he played the whole game, Peachy. Oh, I was told. I was told he got hooked with five to go. The no. good people on the NRL Reddit have lied to me. Yeah, I, was told, I thought he got hooked for Philip Sammy in the last couple of minutes. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, it's not important enough to look up, but that's what I was told. It doesn't. No, nah, it was Jairo went off. Ah, okay, there you go. Um, yeah, bet it's back row. I've been led astray. Yeah, I've been. Um, either way, he was awful. He he was truly terrible in this game. And Gagai, I mean, probably his best game for Souths, which is interesting in that it came a week after arguably his worst game for Souths. It did. But yeah, over on the Titans side, positive like Bryce Cartwright was okay. That's a thing. He wasn't terrible. Uh, James is better back in the middle. Yeah. yeah but, uh, Shocking. They, they're not going to do anything until they get back um, until they get back Ash Taylor. Like That's just a fact. Yeah. Don't think there's too much that, as you say, I mean, you, you, you get to the end of this and I bet that Wayne will take this tape out of his VCR, which he clearly still he uses. He definitely has a VCR. Uh, he has mm. Betamax. One <laughs> in Australia. He take no, he doesn't. Put, he's an alpha mate. Put this in the bin. Betamax player. Yeah, and uh, oh, by the way, Peachy's definitely in the worst signings this season basket already. Yeah. How good... Like, I don't want to sound facetious because this is actually a serious question. If you take out all the offcuts that the Gold Coast have absorbed from... Pendrith and Brisbane, excluding the good players from Brisbane that they got. Would they is, have any know, players? Jai Arrow. Which is Jai and maybe Jared Wallace. Wallace. Yep. Like, if you exclude them, how much damage is just signing off cuts from Penrith and Brisbane done to that club? Well, I mean, and and I'll, I'll include the coach in that in that question. Oh, yeah. Well. So, well, I mean, you've taken... Mitch Strain was actually a candidate this game too, but you've taken on whatever Lani Latu's on not playing first grade. You took on Tyrone Peachy after he spent all our off-season saying he didn't want to go there. You took him on. You took on Mitch Rain. You took on the coach. You took on Bryce Cartwright. Like... You absorb a lot you didn't need to take on. Like you lose all those players, and the team doesn't really get any worse. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. There's not as many Brisbane offcuts there. There's what Copley, but he doesn't start. And and also you've got like all of Q Cup to pick from. Uh, I am like, also including like, retroactively like your Steve oh, Michaels yeah, and yeah, your, yeah. and your. But that's it. Like this team does it. They didn't add anything. And Tyrone Peach is one of those players I've never ever ever rated. Just yeah. ever. He hasn't got a position in first grade. Still hasn't got one. Somehow played Origin last year just because Freddie likes him. Just, but this about the Titans, it's so evident now that he's not actually... Like, that's what the player is. Penrith, when things are going crazy, he can, he can like run across the field and do whatever and it worked out okay in the team he was in. But the Titans, when, you, when he's doing it, everyone's standing at him and looking at him like, mate, what are you doing? He's, <laughs> he's, played, he's so, played more than 100 first grade games. Yeah, and, and legitimately doesn't position. have a position. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting though. Like Souths, obviously, along with Melbourne, other teams haven't lost a game. I was already chalking next week up as a win, a couple of weeks, like yeah, last week. But mm. after seeing Manly play la- this week, I'm not so sure. Mm, I wouldn't be either. Do we want to pick next week's games? Yeah, sure. Yes, we do. Thanks uh, for that permission. You're welcome. Uh, alrighty, Thursday night at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh-huh. It's Eastern Suburbs versus. Brisbane. Mitch, I'm just preparing you now. 
you won't have a good time. Oh, that's SJ, I know. But I ha- I'm so going, I'm hanging, me and Rolf are hanging out. The great man. I know, I'm, oh, I'm working boy, till yeah. 10. I'll, I'll, I'll come out afterwards now, mate, to meet the great man. There'll be a lot yeah. of weird bending and twisting for him to assess in, <laughs> as a real person there yep. with, the, with the way that pitch He won't be able to see his metatarsals or meta. Carpels. Whatever. What is are that they? even a thing? I don't know. <laughs> He's done well. He won't me. be able to differentiate between the tibias and fibias because he'll be so far away. <laughs> He's, li- He's listened to this putting a fork in his ear right He's, now. Well, the real injury is a friend you make long way anyway. <laughs> That's true. Which is me. <laughs> That's very true. I've always described you as an um, injury. Uh, roosters. Never more confident in the Broncos than after an embarrassing defeat. Okay. Broncos, 13 plus. <laughs> yeah. For three uh, in a row against the Roosters. Take, uh, I'll take the Roosters. Not by many, though. Alrighty. Uh, Friday evening. Oh, it's the, bad. It's the Warriors <laughs> versus the Titans in what is surely going to be Who the worst game of the season. Who allowed this to happen? Come on. It's not the origin rounds. You can't put these games on a Friday. It's round four and we're already like, skip. Uh, Warriors, <laughs> sure. Why not? Who cares? Yeah. Warriors. Uh, yeah, <coughs> eight o'clock on Friday night. It's Penrith versus the West Tigers at Panther uh, Stadium. Uh, this, this is, is a sh- no. This, this is, is good. Shit double header. This is good for a Friday. We, it's uh, it's the other the there. bus bowl. Yeah, the bus bowl. There's a little bit of spice. Gonna put me under a um, bus. Yeah, give me more Madge Ball. They'll bounce back. I'll take Madge West. Ball yeah. as well. They'll bounce back, but and uh, and there's more incentive. It's like when you come against your own co- old old coach. There's always more incentive as as mm-hmm. that other team. I feel like the Tigers. Were left. They, they know they were they were left in the lurch by Cleary. A lot of those players he made move to Australia to play there. Um, they're going to get him. They're going to get the the Panthers. This will soon be the M nine derby. Mm. And can can Cleary be under pressure four rounds into a five year deal? Well, at any yeah. other club, I would say no. But at this club, I yeah, could say sure. maybe. Looking tired, yeah. But mate, mm. Also, at what point does Gus get under pressure in this one? That, that, yeah, that's no, not no, possible. No, he lives Actually, in a, then lives again, in a vacuum. Gus no. did try to sign Wayne. Does maybe that mean he was, he's under pressure? Maybe it was right. He is above the board. He should be above the board. Maybe he's right. Mm. Uh, alrighty. Saturday afternoon at Brookvale Oval. It's Manly Warringah versus Souths. Yeah. Give me Souths. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tommy Turbo. Reality's coming back. Oh. What jersey is Daddy Souths going to wear? In town. Sorry? What jersey is Souths going to wear? What do you mean? Their regular jersey. Oh, fair. Why? Not everyone's colorblind, Dale. I thought they might wear a, a white jersey. <laughs> Red, do they, dark, dark I don't think jersey. they have a white jersey. No, no, they've got the light. They've got they've the got light. That weird tight, thing yeah, with the red, like the red triangle on yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I want Daddy a GI, big fat Daddy <laughs> GI, come from left center again and bury Tommy Turbo like it's origin. Is he? Be, well, it's Monday. Is he going to be named tomorrow? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. fair. We, well, that's good, especially with yeah. Burns out. So. Yeah. yeah, not doing the podcast on a Tuesday. Oh, mm. mate, the, the Sully versus GI. There's an athlete battle <laughs> of I am here for. Some Who's going to wake boys? <laughs> Who's going to wake up? Fr- wake up in the car park first. <laughs> uh, all right, North Queensland versus the Raiders at Townsville Stadium on Saturday oh. evening. Who give let me, this round happen? Give me, this round? <laughs> give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders. This is this happen? is evens too, by the way. No favorite here. Well, yeah. that's because it's it's Shit. it's a long way. From the nation's capital down. Yeah. It is. Up there. And it's, is it still hot there? It's still hot there. It is. I feel like yeah. it's always hot there. So the, the, game that that they played, the game that they played against the Sharks, it looked like it was going to monsoon. From our time. South Sydney research, we know British people melt in the north. We know. <laughs> True. But also, last time South played North Queensland in North Queensland, they won. So I'm going to say Canberra. Hmm. Yes. I'm, I mean, on Canberra too. But yeah, who approved these games? And this next one. Okay. I'm going to get Todd Graham I haven't looked at the draw So I don't know what's coming Parramatta versus Cronulla Sutherland At the Olympic Stadium On Saturday night (laughs) ANZ I mean that'll be This'll be fun 
No, this will be this. That this is probably the best game of this six. Oh no, uh, Broncos Roosters. Mm. I want this game at Bank West. Oh yeah, I mean, hurry up. Two more weeks. You got Todd Greenberg's number there, Bunga. We're getting him live on the podcast in five minutes. This round is a disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the head of competitions? Can we call them to get him in? We'll get you know. We'll We'll do the whip round. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Give me Parramatta. Cronulla. All these games suck. Uh, Alrighty. I'm uh, I'm taking Parra because Cronulla got a few things to figure out back there. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Melbourne versus Canterbury Bankstown at Edwin Flack Field on Sunday afternoon. Who approved this round? Yeah. Give me the storm by forty. Okay. What, what's what's not magic round? What do you call this round? Uh, muggle round. Muggle, muggle round. round. <laughs> okay. Very good. Muggle round. Very good. All uh, normals. <laughs> plenty of normies on this place. Speaking of normie, it's uh, Newcastle oh, versus the Dragons. Pick that one. The, don't worry <laughs> about that storm. game. The dogs have a frisky record against the storm, but it's, whatever. I'm so pumped for basic weekend. Newcastle versus the Dragons. This is not sex weekend at all. Missionary sex weekend. This has never touched a boob weekend. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, virgin weekend. Uh, Alrighty, give me the Saints. Speaking of. S- sure, why not? Uh, Alrighty. Yeah, uh, definitely getting on the Saints there, mate. Uh, I don't know if they'll name Dufty at fullback. You guess they would, but they have the option of Zach Lomax there too. Who I knows? like Zach Lomax. So do I. Ravalava though, is it got to be borrowed time? That error last week. He bad. He bad. He just doesn't understand the game yet. He might be good, but like even when they made a break, he's just like, I'll just stop supporting this. <laughs> like we made the break, we're going to score, right? Score <laughs> to try though. Good, good on him. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Randrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Randrandra. Alrighty, speaking of burying Fijians, it's news. Oh. <laughs> it's not ABC news, mate. We wouldn't, we wouldn't share that. We also wouldn't bury Fijians. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, do you want to read the 4,000 injuries on the weekend or, the, or not? I think that we would be quicker to read out players who weren't injured this week. Yeah. Uh, that would probably be the more advisable thing to do. I thought Cody Walker was injured, but he was fine. Wasn't there another terrible tackle this week where somebody got put on their head? He got... No, he got like suplexed like wrestling, but it yeah. wasn't like an illegal tackle. He just got ragdolled. Who am I and he landed about? heavily on his shoulder and I thought, mm. oh crap, he's broken his shoulder, mm. but he was fine. Yeah. Strong man. Well, uh, anyway, Roosters have friend and uh, where Hargraves in doubt, Cooper Cronk in doubt. Uh, we actually said Cronulla lost Matt Moylan and poor Gallen. I don't know how bad his injury is. Rib, rib cartilage injury. Yes. Mm. Uh, the no Broncos thanks. get back Matt Lodge. Uh, Aiden Caesar. We don't know about the oblique injury, but I'm guessing since how well Sam Williams played last week, they might give another week or two. Uh, Joseph Tarpanay back in two weeks or so. Uh, for the Bulldogs, nobody. I already went through the Sharks. Titans, uh, Nathan Peets tore his peck. At training? At training, so ten, six to ten weeks. And again, Mitch Rain's one of those he guys. He wasn't that, that bad this week, but yeah, you don't want him long. No, you want him six, six weeks to let the Mitch Rain yeah. run. After that, get him out of there. Uh, Taylor and Tyron Roberts, they're back week to week, maybe. I'm assuming that Taylor will get named tomorrow. Uh, Joe Stimson returned last week for the Storm in Q Cup, so he might be in there soon. Uh, Connor Watson... We don't know if he'll be named or not, but there'll be a battle there tomorrow for him or Lino on the six, you'd assume. Uh, Cowboys still have no uh, return date for Kyle Felt and Jason Tamalolo, as we know, last week's out for half the season. Uh, we don't know how bad Tamalolo Moreau with the Eels is yet. And then at Penrith, I uh, had Sakana Katoa have a groin injury. Uh, 
sorry, he overcame his groin injury. But uh, he's one that club there for me for a nine. I mean, I know Sikiaro is sitting at Newtown to get a start, but they're trying to figure something out with the Sharks. But they should be on the phone, man. Like Egan looks like an okayish player. It looks like he has, but Katal was not for me. They have Egan's not ready for the start, so I'd be on the phone. Even though they probably wouldn't go back to Penrith, but I thought Ivan clearly wouldn't go back there either. So yeah, maybe that. And then Burns, as you said there, um, what is it, six to ten? Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Burgess is back this week, which is huge. I mean, they've gone three and zero, not really missed him at all, so he's a bonus at this point. Uh, Liam Knight's back next week as well. Uh, Dragons, Whittips out for the season, I believe. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised if he plays again. Yeah, with that, that that's his NRL career done then. Yeah, it is, which is terribly sad. I'm hoping he gets back early. Maybe if they're like 10 and 10, I need to run a finals run. I'd love to see him come back. Yeah, me too. And they'll probably ruin it though and play him somewhere. <laughs> like, maybe maybe the no, I think at that point they'd actually drop someone if they're like, fellas, we could yeah. do something here. We don't know about Frizzell back yet either, but I'm assuming it won't be another more than a week or two. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Roosters mentioned those already. Friend and uh, JWH. It's going to be interesting there. to see how Frizzell plays with wearing a cup. Yeah. And, yeah. Could be and uncomfortable. The Warriors, Isaac Luke got injured again, and then Nathaniel Roach is injured too, so who knows what's going to happen there. And Tigers, Marshall's got scans coming. But, yeah, anyway, there's about a 3 million injuries this weekend, as you yeah. heard. Yeah, and that was all from <laughs> this week, apart from the Pete's one, which was... Well, and the In Frizz training one. before... The game, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the other news I know we mentioned earlier, but may as well talk about it. Penrith saying the board saying no to Wayne to bring back Ivan Cleary just well, to keep his son. Well, I for one don't see a problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good management. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's mm. it. It's like for them, they said for the long term future of the club, they thought it was reflected by giving a five year deal to Ivan. Do, is it because they think that Wayne would die? No, it's. <laughs> Is I it like know. genuinely like why like I get where they're coming from, but like surely you look at Nathan Cleary and you go there, the, there has not been a stratospheric improvement. Yeah, all he's going to do is continue plotting along the same path of improvement that he's plot. Like they we we made, don't think that we made this talk. We had this chat earlier that like you look at how they went playing hookball mm. for one of a word last year, made the finals, won a semi. Mm. Lost in the lost in the elimination final, but like you then look at Ivan's Tigers missed the thing missed the finals by six points, three wins, yep. and you go five years. Like, what do you think is changing there? Like, do you do you see him? Or you go, and, oh, there was a bit of instability and, there. And it wasn't like it wasn't even like like they were never. He was a rookie coach that year. Yeah, like, like the Tigers were never making his the career is like a five hundred coach, like. Or roughly. I think his win percentage is roughly around 50%. Yeah. So, yeah, you're asking a really good question. He's one of the worst winning percentages of all time, for like, as in terms of games coached. He's, no he's no Tim Sheens. But, no. Um, yeah, I think he's like the real Sheens that are two worse in the top 10. If you exclude like yeah. your Paul Lang Max. So, your, top 10 of like, uh, as oh, in right, right, right. Like games, games coached, coached. Yeah, yeah. and win percentages. Um, um, only two, yeah. But it's one of those ones interesting. Like to me, I know I'm not in the board, and it's not easy decision. And it's uh, sorry, it's easier to say it now than when they were. But it's like if you're in a situation where Gus Gould came to you and said, "I've made peace with Wayne Bennett. I've made peace with Wayne Bennett. He's he'll coach us if we want him." And you say no to that. What's in your head? You need your head wobbled. It's like I mean, it, you, be real. Gus Gould made peace with Wayne. I mean, come on. It's crazy as well, and it's not even like it's not even like signing someone's brother because it's not even like giving Luke Burgess a four year contract. Yeah, it's like he's the coach. Like, yeah, he's yeah. if anything more important than keeping and, your halfback. And those two things, as in in vacuums, I've made peace with Wayne. 
one side of your Venn diagram. Yeah. Other circle of your Venn diagram, Wayne's going to... Wayne, I've convinced Wayne to coach us. Yeah. In what universe <laughs> do you have to see that these are intersecting and think to yourself, this is a bad outcome? Yeah. Like... Taking that. What, what are the... I mean, the guy, the guys have hated each other for 100,000 years. Like, that, that is one of the, like... Most well-known feuds of rugby league. It actually predates. Um, it actually started the day that uh, rugby, the New South Wales RL was founded. Yeah, I think it started <laughs> yeah. in that pub in Huddersfield yeah. all those years ago. <laughs> Nebulous. Uh, but like, what do you have to think is is better than that? Genuinely, and I'm right. not. I'm not trying to be facetious. And like, we've made it well known that we don't necessarily like the Panthers just because we we don't like them. Like, we have our reasons. <laughs> That's fine. Some people you don't like. That's okay. But yeah, I don't get that the, call. What's the, what's the thought process? I don't get it. There's some really good quotes in this article too, which help why I picked the Tigers uh, this week. But I'll read some of them from Robbie Farah. Starts, he goes, some players had the shits. Some players wanted to kill him. Some didn't care. Everyone handles it differently. I didn't care. Firstly, not a shock Robbie didn't care. Firstly, anyway, rest as a that playing be, group. That, to be fair, that quote could be about anything. That <laughs> yeah, could, could be, be about <laughs> like a quarter chicken and chips from Aljana. Yeah. As you a know, playing group. No, he cares about that. Yeah, we all yeah. do. There was a bit of angst, especially for the players that came here on long-term deals to play under Ivan. Russell Packer, Benny Madalino, Josh Reynolds, Moses and Bai. And then it goes on to say, this is Farah. I sat in his office, he gave me his version of things, but I knew that deep down he wanted to go. He was telling me he wanted to honour his contract and that he was here, but I'm not stupid. I, just hearing him talk, I knew. I walked out and said to the boys, he's gone. I don't begrudge him at all, but forever, I'll be forever in debt to him for bringing me back to the club. But once it came out in the media, I don't think he could have stayed. The boys had lost that. It's hard to play for a coach when you don't know what their intentions are or whatever they're fully committed. You might have to start thinking, why should I go out and put my body on the line for this bloke if he doesn't want to be here? I think once it all came out, there was a point of ret- no returning out to go. And there's also I agree with that saying, completely. Yeah, also a quote there saying that uh, player upset the most was Russell Packer. He stood up in the leadership meeting and gave clearly a piece of his mind after they found out. And he spoke about respect or a lack of... And he struggled to deal with the reality of what was about to unfold. So yeah, as you can see, it's... Um, it certainly drove a dagger into the hearts of a lot of those players that I mentioned earlier. Those guys moved there for him and moving your family and all that kind of stuff off the field to play for somebody and then turning their back on you after that period. I know in our heads it's just footy players, but that's a pretty personal yeah, thing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, absolutely. So I think they're going to fire up this week. But it, it reminds me of, and I know this is a long bow, pardon the pun, um, but it reminds me of stories you hear of soldiers um, when they realize that the the people who are much higher up than them, who are the ones making the decisions, have already decided this is basically a suicide mission. Like, they have no reason to be there in their minds. Um, what's the point of... Conti- As you say, what's the co- point of continuing to put your body on the line and risk your health in reality and risk your future for a bloke who isn't, again, pardon the pun, in the trenches with you? Yeah, and then you've got the other side of that. If you're a Penrith player, I mean, Ivan Cleary's desire isn't to coach you. It's to coach his son. Mm. Like you said, the quote about 15 times in public, it's about his son. So, you know, commitment questions are there as well. But anyway, it's just, uh, there's a good article in NRL.com. I quoted that from uh, from Michael Shammer. So I believe the second part's out now as well on that coaching shake-up. It's one of the very strangest off-seasons in, in rugby league where we had both the, the Cleary to Pen- the Penrith thing happen with Maguire coming in and the Seabold-Bennett split yeah. swap happen. Like this off-season was weird for a number of reasons. But yeah, the, but the two clubs that thought they got stabbed in the back ended up with the better coaches. So they, uh, I, had a gr- I had a great off-season. <laughs> got married, got the greatest head coach yeah. in the history of the NRL. I mean, it was, it was all good. Yeah, really. I mean, all last, off- last season, there was the stupid rumours coming back about him going to Brisbane, Seabold and... And me and you kept laughing at it because well, every year there always seemed to be a rumour of like, English is going to go there, someone's going to go back to Brisbane or whatever. 
But when it happened, you were obviously like, oh shit. But then it was, oh wait, we're getting Wayne back. Sorry, <laughs> excuse the only, me. The only time I was shitty was the like four days where it was like David Fern is going to coach them for a year and yeah. then they're getting Wayne. And I was like, that's stupid. And then they got Don't Wayne. Don't do that. And then, um, and no disrespect to David Fern, but it's like, why would you not just have Wayne for a year if Seabold's leaving? Like, what a waste. Yeah. Um, and it was strange to me how many Rabbitohs fans were at the time against it. And every single person at work, and keep in mind where I work as well, every single bloke in the sports department was like, oh, you're happy about Wayne? And when I said yes, they were surprised. Yeah. Every well, single person. And I, I was baffled by this. Like, oh, you ha- how are you feeling about Wayne? I'm like, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked that we got Wayne. Like, it, it's kind of similar to the, not to the same, not to the same degree, but it's kind of similar to the Cleary thing where clearly Seabold had his mind elsewhere. Clearly his yeah. head had been turned by Brisbane. And at that yeah. point... It's almost untenable. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, fine. And thank you for the one year. We had a great year. Mm-hmm. I wish him no ill will. Mm. But it was a summer, that point, was a summer you, romance. Yeah. At that point, you've got to pull the trigger and, and, then, and then, yeah, you end up with Wayne Bennett, who, mm. and I said this at the time, I'm like, he took a Broncos roster, which in my opinion is not as good as the Rabbitohs roster is in 2019, to one win off first. So, yeah. And what's he going to do now that he goes to a better team with better halves? And the answer so far is win all the games. And Reynolds' ball playing better than it ever has. I've never said, yeah, games. that pass he threw for the second try was absurd. And, yeah. it's, and it's one of those things as well. I mean, f- sports fans, a lot of them in general, are obsessed with kicking the can down the road. It's ever about, like, it's really weird. Teams are always hooked on, fans are always hooked on potential. They want to be the best in three years. I want to sign the young players, yep. do this, whatever. But yep. it's the perfect marriage. Like, you had the smarts in it yourself. Oh, we can win now or we bring away. We'll bring him in. Great coach, instant results. We have guys, you know, Cody Walker's almost 30. And not Sam to mention he's already coaching all the, all, like, the, all, he's coaching yeah. all the Burgi at, like at national level. So. But, you know, you're in, the, you're in the business between competitions now and always about going down the, in the future. And the Roosters are the best at recognizing exactly. this. They always have been. And they always Every tool in one off season, Everyone, they're never yeah. down. They're never down for more than one one year at a time. And I think a lot of the, a lot of these teams, Penrith probably the chief culprit, are the most guilty of this. Gold Coast as well. Yep. Just thinking. Newcastle. Just thinking. Oh well, we've got these young guys. They're going to become great, and not ever entertaining the proposition of the fact that maybe they won't be. Or let's mm. just try and be good now. And that's like what a novel concept. You had a good squad, and it's like the club realizes you. Got, you realize as well. It's like well, Sam Burgess isn't going to go forever. GI's done in two years. Yeah. Cody Walker's not going forever. How long can Adam Reynolds not get smashed into pieces for? It's like, and, this, and we all know Tom and George are not going to be great forever either with how big they are. And they've had those peaks and troughs. It's like, well, let's try and win the bloody thing now with Wayne. If it doesn't and, work, and well, we had our best shot and we'll retool from there. Whereas a lot of fans think if you don't win a comp, it's a failure. It's like, no, not doing your best effort to win the comp is the failure. Only one team wins it every year. Yeah. But it's just mm. like when Wayne's tenure back at the Brisbane has been determined a failure when we didn't win a comp. It's like, well, he was winning a grand final at the 80th minute. And it wasn't a failure. We were contenders every year yeah. with him there. And South have the same thing. They bought a th- someone who's going to make sure they contend until he is done. And, and, and this, look, Penrith let Moylan go. And they're like, oh, well, Dylan Edwards is going to be better. It's like, well, okay. How'd that work out? Yeah. At, at the moment, not well. Penrith had a massive obsession with this. They always, the, the last four or five years, it's moved to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Whereas mm. South have just gone, no, we've got this thing. Let's do what we have with this thing, and I thought I think it's I think it's fantastic from them, as as you'd know, anyway, with Wayne. But there's no surprise they look like contenders now, and then yeah. Brisbane still they've got some things to figure out. And, and again, that's no disrespect to Anthony Seabold or the Broncos, because I think he's a good coach and they're a pretty good team. But yeah, he oh. he's not Wayne Bennett, and that's not a knock on him or anyone else. No coach, with the exception of Craig Bellamy, is is as ten, as 
has had a decorated a time in the NRL era as Wayne Bennett. Yeah, and has had... I know Newcastle was a bit different, but as we've learned over a long time, it was they a lot different. They still made a prelim. But it was a lot different off the field anyway with that players not getting paid and things or whatever. But every other club he's gone to or gone back to, like Brisbane in 88, a long time ago, but whatever, 88, the Dragons when he first got there, Broncos when he came back, and South right now, immediately it was like, oh, this is a really good team. Yeah. That's what he's good at, instant results. It might not last four or five years, but you don't sign Wayne for that, and it's worked out good. But yeah, it's been an interesting off-season. There's some good stories about it now, and no doubt we'll keep revisiting as the year goes on, as um, obviously it's something that tickles this podcast fancy, is mm. Wayne Bennett swap. I do love Wayne Bennett. Are you serious? <laughs> We're going to have a of questions. It's that time again. Question time. First question comes from at Pure Abgas. If Newcastle lose to the Dragons this week, are we counting them out of finals contention? Yes. No. Joke's on you, Chris. We counted them out in preseason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trick question. Nice. Well done. Uh, Mario Siegs, who is the biggest nerd in your group and why? That's, why is this a question? That's not a question. It's very comfortably me. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're in Bungard's house now. It's recording. you and then several layers of daylight. Yeah. We're recording in Bungard's house now. And as and if you didn't know that from the pop punk on the back of the last two uh, episodes, that's where he's editing it. It's about 17,000, I think, child toys. In the room. Is that a conservative bungard? They're called Amiibo. <laughs> and then... Child toys. Fair enough. Um, there's a lot of video game stuff. In conservative here. estimate, I must say. Yeah. I was... Yeah. Yeah. I like video games. I like little... Nothing, wrong, hey, nothing wrong with video hey, I'm, games. I'm owning it. I'm yeah, owning the whole thing. Yeah. I'm easily the biggest nerd here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at Danny Boy 995 are the dogs of war back? Come on, mate. <laughs> Come on. Mm. Alex underscore AMS 96. Is Hugo Laurie the greatest goalkeeper Liverpool, Liverpool ever had? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it's going to be good when... It's just, I reckon Liverpool at this point, the kids, just to stick the dagger in and twist, are going to lose the Premier League on goal difference. That's my prediction. Yeah, I don't think you... Yeah. I think they're going to lose... Point, a point on goal difference, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, DT Owens, 98. When will Tom Dearden replace Nick Ramos Broncos halfback? Um, I don't know, but I do think there's some intentions there with how they prepared him in the preseason that if Nick Ramon doesn't work out, he might be the next drop over Sean O'Sullivan. But I don't think I'll throw him in after one game of of, uh, of Q Cup. But I do hope, like, it's not even the fact, I don't want to throw an 18-year-old in it, but, like, I'm just over seeing what Nick Ramon's putting up. Just so over it. Yeah. I've been patient for long enough to yeah. just do something. It's the same It's the same way, I, same way I felt with Nightingale before he was injured in his last game last year. Like it's worth saying with Darius Boyd. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'd I'd rather. It, sometimes it is better the devil you don't know. Yeah, you know anybody. Uh, Fat hair lazy says, has the internet ruined April Fool's Day? Yeah, because it happens twice now. Cause oh, true, it does. Everybody We're going to wake up, up tomorrow with English and American April Fool's jokes, and I'm going to get fooled by them because it's going to be April second here. Mm. Mm. Shit. Yeah, I agree it has, though, because everyone does it. did enjoy Canberra Raiders saying they were taking six games to England. Oh, yeah. McDonald's, don't tease me like that. Yeah, Mc- The pickle. Big Mac that was all pickles. I, was, <laughs> I would definitely eat that. Yeah. Disappointing. Pickles. Underrated. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Canberra put up with a fool to a lot of us if they said, like, two games. But I guess yeah. April Fool's jokes isn't actually about the... Ah, uh, gotcha. It's actually supposed to be about stupid things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I did hear one of the guys at work that his son was playing a prank on his on his uh, school teacher, and I was just good to see April Fool's going back to grassroots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> off the internet into the classrooms. Uh, Oz Sports Matters says realistically, what year is the earliest that NRL will overhaul its free agency system? The TPJ rumor mill feels like such a lose lose to everyone not named the player agent. 
I think that well, they just last year they were talking about it, weren't they? And they got some approval from the coaches and then player uh, and a player association. But I think it's a matter of time till it happens that there's a window of some sort because again, like you know, TBJ has any right to leave if he wants to or not. I, you know, at this point, I've seen enough players come and go in my lifetime for my team that I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I want him to stay, but I'm not going to sit here worrying about it all season. Mm. But it's still crap when, you know, all footy season, all, the main headlines are player transfer rumours. It's never about what they're doing now. It's about where they'll be next. And, like, the most cooked sport in the world, AFL, has a trade trade window. They do. But, they, yeah, that's, that's it, though. So, like, you like I mean, surely we're at that point. It's a matter of time, you think, and, yeah. It's there's one thing the NRL hates. It's transparency. Yeah, it's more the stupid thing that you can sign from November. The pre- like in 2019, you can sign a 2021 contract. Yeah, that's silly. That's yeah, whatever. Uh, at Jack Cronin says, how did Dylan Edwards' game against the Storm rank against other notable fullback shockers? Kurtman versus Sharks or, uh, in 2016. Jack White versus Dragons 2016? Question mark. I think he's talking about the Whiting game where White threw the threw intercept. The intercept. Um, well, Dylan Edwards, he had six errors he made is like is the equal most in the last five years of any game, which is Ash Taylor did last year and Cody Walker did last year as well. But um, and also Whiten throwing that intercept wasn't like it cost them the game, and obviously that's not great. Mm. But it wasn't. He didn't get stripped twice. He didn't not catch a ball. Yep. He did like he. Edward, like, that was a genuinely worst performance. It was. And the difference, again, is that Kurt Mann as well, and Whiten was still early in it, but those guys were just learning. And, like, Kurt Mann has been thrown back there, and that was trying it out. Dylan Edwards is supposed to be an established fullback, and he's and yeah, he was shocking. I think Edwards is the worst one. Yeah, great. Now, now, this is a good question. This is for you, uh, for you, Bungard. Ooh. Well, it's not really, but you'll like this. Oh. Channel 86 says, if your significant other stopped you from signing Wayne Bennett, would it put a strain on your relationship? <laughs> Yeah, but she'd never do that. She wants me to be happy. <laughs> Massive strain on mine. I'd, I, I might have to leave Pickles if he did that to me. <laughs> Pickles came back from the board and said, I'm sorry, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Signed your dad. <laughs> what? Yeah, it is, a, it is funny. You're in a podcast that you've, uh, you've now had. You had Dale's club win a Bennett Premiership. You had my club win one. And you have Bungard's one about, club about to win one. It's a, hmm. We will be changing to uh, Wayne Wookies next year or yeah, something. Yeah, Wayne's Wookies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rugby league, rugby league, <laughs> rugby league, and Star Wars podcasts. Yeah. It's just what everybody. Well, we're needs. in the nerd house, anyway. Yeah, well. There is a Chewbacca beer holder over there. If you want it, though, can I stick Wayne Bennett's head on it? You may. <laughs> yeah, we're in. Can you buy a Wayne Bennett bobblehead that I can put inside? If they the sold Wayne <laughs> Bennett bobbleheads, I would buy one. <laughs> okay. Next question: Jack Cronin said, "Which player is better to watch Max Confidence, Isaac Luke, or Joey Lua? Joey. Yeah, Joey's the world's greatest confidence player. Yeah, like that behind the back pass against the Tigers, is and also time. the. The torn jersey game? Yeah, the Oof. swagger. He harries a swagger too. Mm. Uh, Bredo Shank, are we all Tigers Tigers fans this week? Yes. yes. No question. Sorry, Penrith. Uh, Shanazi underscore footy says, one, can Valentine Hones make an NFL practice squad? Yes. Uh, a practice squad, yes. It's like Again, you've got to remember, these are like, what, like two and a half thousand players. What, sorry, two, what is it to note? How many players make a practice squad? They can have it to 90, can't they? Yeah, but it's saying like over the cross the league, not thousands. Oh, not. well, it's like, well, it's like 90 f- times 30. 32. So it's like, you know, roughly 20, 2,900. Just so a it is, less it's than thousands. That. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Like That's how many make it. Practice squad, yes. He's not making an NFL roster, though. He's too slow. Yeah, we said that about Jared Hayne. Yeah, but Jared Hayne, I think I've been to this before, actually was an athletic freak. Holmes isn't by his measurables. 
Uh, I can't be bothered finding my tweet about that. That's fine. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, something like Jared Hayne would be like f- the speed score was like the fifth highest of last year's running backs, whereas Val Holmes didn't register in any of the ones that did the combine. That is problematic. Yeah. Uh, next question is Matt Bungard back on the Sharkies now? They have ultimate good guy Sean Johnson ripping in. You know I love Sean Johnson. I was never off the Sharks to the extent that the two gentlemen either side of me were. Yeah, I mean, well, but Dale did make possibly the greatest Sharks Nazi joke of all time last week. I know it's a very niche joke. I, <laughs> I did enjoy it. It's great. And last one is Matt Bungard upset that he no longer refers to you as the X Factor, but instead exclusively he saves it exclusively for Bronson Cherry. That does hurt me a little bit, Jess. So you are the X Factor. Uh, are... So, some would say that. Okay. Uh, Frankie Anderson 987 is in here with one of his... It's his... It's one of the rugby league do- islands he's willing to die on, but he said, how do you fix blockers? And not talking about that terrible commentator, that p- people blocking on kicks. I don't think it's as big of an issue as Frankie thinks it does. No. I think it's one of those things he's lazy in on, on it, that it annoys him every kick. Hmm. It might annoy me like twice a weekend. I don't know about you guys. Does it really get on your, on, uh, under it your do- skin? It doesn't annoy me. The thing that annoys me is the inconsistency in the ruling. Like, yeah. I don't have a problem if you have a bloke who's running towards the side of a kick in a straight line as a defender has the right to do to potentially contest the kick. Mm. My issue is when that bloke changes his line to then block. Well, I do hate when they stop like five, ten minutes from the contest. they've started calling penalties for that now. Exactly, and they they've have. made, I think, three or four in the last two weeks. Yeah, I do like, hate when they stop like ten metres from the kick and then just intentionally knock someone over. Or, go, or as you say, go ten metre, five, ten metres from the kick and then just take a hard left yeah. and like take the bloke out of the play. It's like, that's exactly what the rules are to stop happening. Please just use the rule. Uh, Beto Shanks back again. He says, "Was a game played in a regional area in which Kansas broke the record for most appearances, and Penrith got flogged? Mm. The ultimate boom rookies game. Yeah, uh, it, pretty close. Yeah, it, w- it would only be the ultimate boom rookies game if they were smashed by a Wayne Bennett team in there somehow. Yeah, it was very close. <laughs> uh, Mess and Ozil said, having tried the tactic of not tackling, would Stephen Kearney have more success if he entered the next game with the tactic of tackling? I think tackling is important. It's an integral to part of the game. You would say. <laughs> Gilby underscore Gillard, despite his kicking clangor on the weekend, that's a fact. Jack Whiten has lasted longer at five eight than Callum Ponga. Mean the media need to acknowledge Whiteness as the superior player of the two. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's not a. I mean, th- uh, there's only one answer. There. Well, it was a foregone conclusion that Callum Ponga at the six was not only in the second best halves pairing in the comp, but he's also a Dally M certainty if he stayed fit. <laughs> so. Good effort from Whiten to, to outlast that. Good on him. Uh, Danger underscore anger. Uh, not a question, but a comment. John Bateman became a dad at 16 years old. He'd love if we started calling him Young Papa. Mm. Okay. We could work on a nickname around that though, something. But I, I, like, I like that him being a bully still more than I do him being a daddy. I, I, uh, <laughs> I mentioned this earlier, but it does disappoint me that the dogs don't play in Canberra this year because <laughs> I was hoping there would be a There's Only One Big Papa only, yeah, yeah, banner. Good. You know what the Raiders are like with their banners? They're great with the banners. You know? We what had, was it again? Big Willy. Who needs Willy when you have a great Who needs a big Willy when you've got a great tongue? And also they had Master Bateman in yeah. Harry's video this week as well. Yeah. Check out Harry's video if you haven't checked it out. It was already. a good video. Uh, Corey Goat says, "Why are we not looking more into concussion issues of the former players, like former players like Jamie Sauer, to come out and rated Ponga and Pierce as the second best half combo in the game?" I thought we were getting a serious yeah. question, and I got bamboozled. <laughs> but I enjoyed the direction. <laughs> you were hoodwinked. Concussion equals serious. <laughs> okay. I was like, "Oh, good." Co- uh, he got me, but yep. it was a still a very good question and one that we can't answer. Yeah. So Billy A seventy nine says my team was lost the grand final to a field goal, a game to a Mitchell Moses field goal, 
a game to a Matt Moylan field goal and a game to a Corey Norman field goal. Mm. Can you think of a worse way to lose a football game and, and could it get any worse? The 99 grand final. Next question. Here's the worst way to lose football games. Be a Knights fan for the last five years. Yeah. Don't be in the games at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> losing by one, it hurts in the moment, but it's like, ah, in the end, no. But it's like, hey, getting down by 50 every week. I, so I was in like, a game in 2002 where Nigel Vungan I scored five tries. Yeah. Against us, so that 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 also sucks. But did you get a field goal kicked against you <laughs> in a in a close game in the finals? Hang on, hang on. No, that didn't. That's didn't you didn't play the finals that season? <laughs> Surprisingly, how lost how lost by fifty points this week? And Blake Oskin and Blake Oskin scored four tries and kicked a field goal with like a minute and a half to I'm play. Missing. It was the all-time awesome performance, by the way. Through yeah. like three of the biggest dummies four, ever. Through four the tries. tries off dummies and a field goal. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, if you're not going to do it, then when are you going to do it? Yeah, uh, RCB Sharks. Who is in the most trouble given early, early expectations? Panthers or Cowboys? Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Cowboys. Panthers are a tough one. Uh, RCB Sharks is again. Why do Melbourne always look like they're in round nine, eight, sorry, after everyone else is starting off in round one? It's a funny one because so many coaches have gone down there and become NRL coaches after that, and no one's been able to replicate the methods, but it's just meticulous preparation, it feels like, and it's part of the playing group culture with Ken Smith too, but they always seem to start the season... Like it is, as you said, it's feel like they're in round eight. Every year it starts. They're, they're a few gears above everyone else. It's yeah. bizarre. And they can't mm. be doing something like amazing in preseason that no one else has caught on to by now. Because people have left there and well, gone exactly. to coach elsewhere and they've not been... They're, like, they're not changing that stuff that they're doing every year. Yeah, they do stuff everyone else does. I know, like, you know, that they were early on the tra- tra- training above game speed method, for example, like measuring how many how much they, they uh, cover in a game and going above that in their own yeah. training. But... Everyone else is doing that now too, you know. Yeah. They were early on the going out, like Wayne, like, actually Craig took it from Wayne, but going on camps, military camps, all that kind of stuff. They were doing that. Mm. But they, they were just doing stuff everyone else does. But And also, it's not like any of their training methods are secretive. They literally train in a public park next to one yeah. of the busiest roads in Melbourne. Yeah, well, but a lot of the players there just say, what, Be- Bellamy's just really good at stripping back your role individually, what you're supposed to do early on in the year, and it just helps. That's yeah. why a lot of new players seem to fit in seamlessly too. But I can't, mate, if I could answer that question, I'd be sitting alongside him in another coach's box yep. if they could start that out as well. But, uh, you know, whatever. Paul Mack on a 78 says, Why do English forwards make such an impact in the NRL, yet their backs inevitably fail? Because it's easy to be big and strong and not easy to be quick and smart. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting one. It's. Definitely some size with it is part of the issue. None of the English backs have come here very filled out, but John Bateman ain't filled out. It doesn't seem but to he, matter. It, like, and, and we keep saying that his job is not necessarily to be filled out. His no. job is to be switched on and want to kill you. But he's like an ant, mate. He's like 10 times stronger than his body should yeah. be. He's bizarre. He makes no sense. Like and an he's ant like, and yeah. a gazelle. Yeah, he's fantastic. But I think a lot of it's like uh, some of these backs, firstly, when they've come out here, apart Sam Tompkins, we haven't really had the big names ever come out here. Like when Sam Burgess came, he was the, one of the biggest names in the English, English rugby yeah. league. So was James Graham when he came. And George George and Tom actually got a lot of development time when they came as well. Whitehead and um, Bateman and Hodgson certainly hitting the ground running like they will have has been impressive. Even Ryan Sutton this week. But the English back comparables that have come here is firstly Sam Tompkins, as we know, wasn't, wasn't fast enough for his size in the NRL to last. He was yep. like a weaker Matt Dufty. You know, not far, Speaking not of ants. Yeah, and then like you had Jordan Turner was never really going to be a first grader when he came over here. Zach Hardacre. Mm. Zach Hardacre came mid-season, didn't get a pre-season and left. Like he was hung out. There's yeah. never a chance of him working out right. Chris Thorman. Yeah, and then like, you had like, Greg mm-hmm. Eden at the Broncos was not a good player overseas before he came here. Is Ryan Hall going to get in the Roosters team? 
Maybe. I mean, potentially. They need, I think they need his yards. But again, he's come at like 32, 33, coming off an ACL injury. Like, what can you expect from him? Yeah. And I think there's there's a part of it is that the, the backs are less adaptable with how physical and bigger the, the backs have become over here. But also, they haven't been given the opportunity nor the nor have the right ones come over. Mm. I wonder if it's also that there's just a significantly larger nursery of both Polynesian mm. players who are typically larger and players who have played their whole careers at what is obviously a higher level in Australia. Well, yeah. Who who are just like I know it sounds really simple but like they're just better earlier. Yeah, and there's also but, a lot more willingness from teams to accept the Brad Parker on a on a, in a back yeah. line than it is to accept the Brad Parker playing lock. I, I you think know, it, they'll go and sign someone from England if they're desperate for a forward true. some of these teams whereas they're not like they're like oh you know what we'll see what Brad Parker's got in the centers. I guess it's similar to the same kind of question that we ask or have asked consistently for the last decade about Queensland about how do Queensland consistently produce better players from a younger age? And the qu- the answer is because they're playing. If you like, effectively over there in Queensland, over there, over there, up there sorry, over there uh, in Queensland, if you're good enough, you're old enough, and mm. you're playing against men who are reality, unless they're playing at one of the three NRL teams who are at the peak of their powers. Mm. Whereas New South Wales players over here are playing against younger players who are developing. Yeah, and they're trying to change that. You know, tr- it, yeah. it can be a cultural thing, you know. Right? So it's interesting. I'd love to, to to hear more from the guys like Paul who who follows English Super League and what their thoughts are on that is. But I, mm. I do think a lot of it just has to do with the, the ones that have come here too. Like, we haven't had many English halves roll the dice and come here either. And, you know, Jermaine McGilvray, for example, didn't either when he had a chance. George Williams might be coming here next year, but... They also come in positions that patience doesn't really exist in. Mm. No, very true. <laughs> but it's also interesting that it goes backwards as well, in yeah. that guys who couldn't cut the mustard here go over there and dominate. Guys yeah. like Daniel Holdsworth, Cameron Phelps, Rangi Chase. Yeah. They go over there and they're the best players in the comp. In mm. the halves. And so, the, yeah, it's interesting. You're right. And, they, and also they have, we have other guys go over there. Trent Merrin hasn't been good. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whereas whereas um, Adam Cuthbertson was like a Sensational. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's the same kind of thing as why Ben Teo is like, Starting a starting Test rugby union player, yeah. and you know, yeah, he won a premiership here, but yeah, he did. Like, he obviously wouldn't be as good as he is now over there. Yeah. Uh, Billy Ace says, "Is Darius Boyd intentionally pretending to fall for intercepts to avoid contact?" I have no doubt. I don't know if it's subconscious or not, but it's. I have no doubt that yeah. he's business, not falling for the dummy. Business decisions. We said it before. Like, nobody does what he's doing on a consistent basis. Oh, I'm getting the intercept. No, he's never I been... I mean, t- Hull defenders do. Yeah, but, but you never, yeah, you never he been He did trained. take that one against the Bulldogs at the SCG for the Dragons. Yeah. And it was one of the coolest tries I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. But it's like, every fullback ever is told to take the man. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to pick this one off. <laughs> I'm slow and old. I don't even, I'm afraid of the next tackle if I catch it anyway, but I'm going to pick it off. <laughs> okay, next question comes from... Dangerous anger again. Do you think Garth Bennon's mum could to- coach the Titans to a win? Do you know his nan? His nan's more of the footy head, isn't she? Well, she's not actually. That's the whole joke Garth had last year. Um, <laughs> they they got pretty close. They on did. Sunday They'll jag one soon. Good team. That's how the rugby, uh, rugby league works. They're not going to go winless. Uh, Butsy Triple Eight says, "Could the Cherry Hype Train be one that rivals out of Ponga? Given it's off to a solid start before he's even taken the field, it's hard as a centre to reach that hype." Yeah. Also, the, he doesn't play for Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, playing for the Sharks doesn't yeah, help. Yeah, they're not. They're not. The Sharks are like they are a, a Sydney team, but they're not like one of the darling New South Wales teams that yeah get the hype. They're not. Although they did have Carl Faliga. they did. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> but see again, do the Tigers 
obliterate Penrith as a fuck you to Ivan or do we bottle it? And will Russell Packer assault Nathan? Now that you've told me, like you've read that story out, I am really excited to see Russell Packer just like just run at Nathan Cleary every time he gets the ball. Mate, it's a f- that's why I'm keeping that to be Friday night footy. I think that's a good one. I redact my earlier balls. comments yeah. of being sceptical and I'm now excited. Miss underscore Eight. as a kid playing juniors of kids who had the dad as a coach barely ever played their best. It's always a weird dynamic for them. When Penrith eventually cut ties with Ivan, do you think Nathan's career will already be shot? It was I mean, a weird he, way of staging that question. But I mean, he just, may have been shot by that point. You say that, but like pretty much every other father-son combination in the history of the game has been coached and played for father and son. Like the Mar- Marty Lang was the last one with John Lang. Played his whole career under, under John. They won a comp. It can't be that bad. <laughs> Marty Lang later popped up as a sprint coach for the Gold Coast United A-League team. Yeah. And he has that a, is a great, great... Thank you. Occasionally pops up with a hot take on Twitter every, every few weeks too, but Marty Lang, he's all right. But uh, look... Oh, there's no doubt that Nathan's development is stalled and who knows if Ivan's the best one for him but I already saw the interview on the Matty Johns show last night F- firstly a terrible interview not funny at all Gazza and Matty Johns making Joey Johns jokes the whole time but it's just a weird dynamic like living with your I don't know if he lives there anymore but still like hanging out with your dad or living with your dad for so long and then going to training with your dad and everything's with your dad I couldn't imagine like I don't know how bad it is after I lose a Bron- Broncos lose a game how I feel after it could you imagine going home with like the coach? You have to like go home with the coach after your, te- after your yeah. team loses an NRL game. I don't don't even get Macca's on the way home. And also, we've got plenty, we've yeah. got food at home. There's food mate. at home. Food at yeah. Macca's is for winners, Nathan. Yeah, and you didn't get a winning. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you didn't get the Macca's card this week. Although I did notice that the Broncos, speaking of Macca's cards, we were talking about this last week. They do get a Macca's award at uh, at the Broncos for the match. Mate. They do that. They do. They know, we stuff. still advertise the uh, Broncos burger every week. It's good. <sighs> Uh, Edwin underscore Smith one, based solely off this round, give us some outlandish predictions for the ladder positions come end of year. What's stupid if it's based off just this round? Well, there's a, what? What uh, am I supposed to do with Melbourne this? Melbourne and Souths will be the top two. Uh, <laughs> Gold crazy. Gold out, Coast out really out there. Mid, comfortably Manly mid-table. top four. Clearly. Yeah, he said, for example, Bulldogs second. I was like, well, this is not outlandish. Just saying where the teams finish one this week, <laughs> they're going to be the ladder. Just a uh, stupid Broncos exercise. to miss the finals on there points go. difference. There you go. That might happen. Uh, Josh Robbo forty four. Can you confirm that Bungard is just one big April Fool's joke? Wow. Ouch, but Wait, good. I don't, I don't know, Josh. I don't know if uh, Bungard and Negan sits well on you. Just putting it out there. I don't mm. know. He says, seriously, though, the Panthers the worst April Fool's joke in 2019. Now, you're just a joke in general. It doesn't take one day to be a joke at Penrith. It's an entire season. Josh, you can't be setting up Mitch for Penrith. Yeah, excuse Penrith's me. Um, okay, there's like three more questions. Uh, Bachi Triple H says, can you be a Fijian winger and not be a flyer? Good. No, it's physically impossible. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> no, second year Lottie Takiri was not a flyer. But he's, he's still a Fijian flyer. No, he wasn't flyer. called a Fijian flyer. Here's, here's my thing. Why isn't Fiji's airlines not called Air Fiji? Why is it not called Fijian, Fijian flyers? flyers? Yeah. Great question. Sort it out. Buy them up there, we'll sort it out. Come on, guys. <laughs> Fijian Airways, terrible. Get out uh, of here. I uh, spent some time at Fiji Airport while during a blackout. It was not fun. Hmm. Is that a racial comment? No, no the, power, the power me. went out at the airport, Mitchell. Good, good save, I hope. <laughs> That's what happened. MJ Eagle 23, last question. Watching Darren Lockyer trying to interview players at halftime is cringeworthy. Who do you guys think are the best and worst commentators as silent reporters in the game today? Oh, I don't know if I want to answer that one. But okay, best commentators. I think we've been Let's to this many best. times. Let's just do best. It's just, it's, again, it's way wrong when he gives a shit. So Origin and Grand Finals and Finals is great. 
Uh, Andrew Voss is my favourite overall. Vossi loves, Vossi loves rugby league and it comes through in his voice. And then most of the ex-players who finished the game in the last two or three years are terrible color commentators. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It's yep. they, they haven't had any training on how what they're supposed to be doing. They haven't got away with words. Yep. They don't know how to describe a try. They say everything's the best and nothing's, nothing's Br- bad. Nothing Brand- just Brandy happens. and Sterlo are the only two yep. that I like. Yep. Yep. You know, the other color guys are so bad that Fatty isn't that bad anymore. That's how you know they've gone Fatty bad. Pull- Fatty was pulling them up on the rules yep. in Friday night's game. Oh, mate, they're not on the rules is terrible. I mean, it's in the end. Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to clear out my head of getting mad every time I watch the games now. But yeah, they just every almost every other game they don't know the rules, yeah. so that's fun. But yeah, the the guys like Vossi, Warren Smith still bring it. And while Rabs isn't as sharp as he used to be, there's still always going to be something to the end about a Rabs try commentating a try. Yep. He may not be up on the rules or the players or what's going on in the game, but <laughs> he may not understand it, what he's talking about. Yeah, but when a big try happens at a big moment, Rabs will say the right thing. Yeah, and he's he's always. For for a lot of people, like he will always be the voice of rugby league. He is. Like, uh, you know, Vossi is a great commentator, as you say, but yeah, you know. And the, the day Rabs officially retires will be a very very sad day. Will mm. be. And whilst Matt Thompson hasn't got the voice, and he's not interesting, I respect him a lot because he's one of the few ones who clearly does all the work. Yes, like he got there without having the name and without being a player or whatever. He got to where he did. And he had, does his research. He's there early preparing apparently, and you can hear it. And he calls whilst he's not that. You know, there's no, there's no real vibe to when Matt Thompson calls a try, but I at least when he calls some game, great games, he, he has. Like he's kind of the voice of the Broncos Cowboys rivalry he to is. an extent. Mm. He, he's called pretty much every Broncos game on Channel Nine for the last three or four years because Rabs don't fly. But um, but Matty Thompson, I respect that he generally seems to have a general knowledge and doesn't come out with rubbish takes every week. Just calls the game what's seen, what he's supposed to. He commentates the game, which a lot of other ones don't. Yep. So um, and sideline reporters are all equally pointless. Oh, yeah. mate, the, I don't understand how rugby leagues got the sport. We've got to the point where we've got like five guys covering a game. The NFL has two people and then the one sideline person who actually does sideline stuff. And a referee. And a referee. Rules. Whereas, that's, um, it. that's it. But in the hours, we have like 17 guys. All, all would, talk, I, yeah. And that's a point you make like about the whole rules thing. Like I would love for them to have just a rules correspondent. Like just have an ex-ref well, on the call. Triple M still has Harrigan. Yeah, they? Harrigan makes calls. Yeah, but he hates the current ref, so he just goes. <laughs> no, <laughs> fair enough. Don't, but I mean, he's not alone there. To also, be Harrigan actually never refereed the rules. He refereed Harrigan's rules. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making up the rules, and you're going to play. He was still a good referee for that reason. He had authority, but he um, he never. It was not always about the full yeah, rule. Because I know that, like uh, on uh, so BT Sport, they have yeah. uh, Howard Webb, for example. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So what you're saying is we need Sean Hampstead and Tim Mander in the commentary box. All we need is someone who, when the when the commentators say the something, who has a PDF open of the NRL rulebook, goes Control F, and then goes, wait, 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 no, that's not it. Shut up, <laughs> shut up, you're wrong. Stop saying that. To be what fair, was the rule changed seven years ago? The, there was was there a scrum in the Warriors Manly game this week where the two referees didn't know the rules and they one no, was saying the, it was a penalty no, and one the rule, wasn't? Yeah, he said that the what happened was uh, the lock wasn't in before the scrum clock went off. But there was an injury or something. He was counted as an injury and thus the scrum. And count. one ref was like, "It's a penalty," and the other was like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Well, this is chaos." Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was the 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 touchdown when there were the placement refs. In it, was, the it was the film. And, and yeah. Braith Nasser was just screaming on the TV was he just screaming <laughs> that's, that's usually it. what he does I mean that is yeah it's yeah, <laughs> oh, but how, how great is it that every player of the ball is taking four seconds again because because yeah. penalties are down that's yeah. all that matters yeah they're, no. le- they're letting the game flow oh, it's, it's I flowing mean, that's, so that's well that's why there's so many points it's fantastic oh, yeah Shoot me. I love the blowouts <laughs> <laughs> alrighty speaking of blowouts this has been a long one uh, has it? yeah you know didn't feel I think Mondays have a different atmosphere to it. We yeah. didn't feel long I know straight Bungard's you've got work. a movie to go to we might be ruining the start what are we seeing? us us That'll be fun. This should be fun. Good Have night. you seen it yet? 
No, I haven't. No. I was going to see it yesterday, but I went home and napped instead. I was going to say, <laughs> you'd seen enough this weekend. Yeah, I was driving home and I was like driving past the cinema. I'm like, to the cinema, I'm like, I could probably do with that two hours sleep actually before <laughs> yeah. the footy kicks off. I'm going to sleep for free. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, the movie seats are comfy now. You fall asleep. Yeah. yeah, that was my main actual decision. I was like, you know, if I go to this movie, that's why I'm too old to sit in the dark in a comfy seat for our, two hours. Our, our local Hoyts is now East Gardens, and every cinema has. Every cinema, every seat in every cinema is a recliner. Yeah. Well, this is why I take rocks in my pockets. So I, can't <laughs> smart. I can't fall asleep. Very smart. <laughs> I no, might tonight. Yeah, but actually, I won't because it's thing. a scary Have movie. Recliner, so. every seat, best thing ever in points now. They've done well. Alrighty. Uh, speaking of best thing ever, that's the end of this. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Complain, but when you're driving me insane, well then I think it's time that we took a break. Maybe we're just trying too hard when really it's closer than.